episode 235 of F Reality Podcast. In a world of virtual unknowns, one wise witch rises to rule the world. She can cast spells across Valve's kingdom, VR gaming, and MetaConnect, but not before braving fiery seas. That's right, batten down the hatches, adventure awaits in the high seas of VR. Now full steam ahead on this episode of F Reality Podcast, helmed by your temporary captain, me. <laughs> Brilliant. This be Don't your wait. guide, sailing treacherous waters to deliver the gems that you seek. Steam VR treasures, meta mysteries, and future games awards await the, only the bravest souls now boarding. There will be battles along the way, but have hope for our ace crew comes to conquer the storms ahead. Their superpowers combined can illuminate even the foggiest horizons. First off, unfortunately, that scurvy dog. <laughs> that scurvy dog Jose was locked in irons and thrown in the brig by a Royal Navy warship just days ago. The Black Guards <laughs> captured him on suspicion of piracy and hauled him off to be judged in Port Royal. So our swashbuckling shipmate, say that 10 times fast, Jose, <laughs> won't be joining this voyage. Though once he slips back his shackles, there'll be hell to pay for those Navy dogs. So next we have swabbing the decks. We have the silliest swashbuckler this side. Oh, the seven seas. This here first mate be known for his goofy antics and his chicken tender obsessions. He sailed the waters to plunder Meta's treasures, dancing with lasers, and party crashing along the way. Now he returns with tales from the journey, including rumors of a mysterious Quest 3 map. For the first time ever, first up in our crew intros is Zim the Jester. Welcome back, Zim. Hey! <laughs> oh man, it has been uh, it has been too long. I uh, I miss this podcast so dearly, and um, it's great. It's it's funny to be on the other side of it. It has been a long <laughs> fucking time since someone's done an intro for me. So thank you very much. We uh, have I'm to put scared. you first. You're always last because it's you. Exactly. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I I'm scared for what you have planned for the show, Adam. I really do. I am I'm totally <laughs> terrified. Be. Um, but before before I, I start, oh my god, there's so much to unpack, and I know we've got pieces for that later, and some of you, uh, the sharp-eyed of you, will look around me and behind me, and you'll be like, okay, I can see some things that we've got to talk about, and we'll do that a little bit later. Um, but one thing I wanted to do for this podcast, which is a little bit different, and maybe I'll, I don't know, what do I do? What do I, what do, I do to summarize the last couple of weeks? <laughs> I wanted to start something uh, that we've never done on this podcast, but uh, Rowdy will know a few years ago... I thought, hey, wouldn't it be interesting, although we love human connection and the eye contact and all that, wouldn't it be interesting if we uh, did a podcast completely in a headset? So uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take this thing off the charger and... um, I'm guessing you can't hear us, but the whole time? Go the whole way. (laughs) I mean, I I thought of wearing an eye patch because of the pirate theme, but I was like, nah, that's silly. (laughs) But then here you are just putting a whole headset on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, 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 like an eye patch. Um, it's, How many fingers am I holding up? So you're holding three. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it's interesting because, um, you know, covering chat and things like that this way, I just thought it would be an interesting, uh, interesting little debacle here. So let's try this out. Um, I am back from a whirlwind tour of a number of different things. So uh, we also have to normalize this because when Apple Vision Pro launches next year, it's going to have to be normal looking at people with feckin' headsets on. And if this isn't weird, this is weird, right? I'm like Bane now. But um, <laughs> but oh, I, went to, I, went, I went to I went to California. Um, I went to a feck ton of parties. It was incredible. Uh, really, really great time uh, there. I won't 
pick any specific thing out, but it, it was great. Uh, had dinner with the crew from Meta, got to meet our handlers in the Meta Connect program, sat poolside with Amber from Resolution, uh, got to watch the keynote in VR, got to play around with MetaQuest 3. I mean, really, it's it's like a dream come true for somebody like me to be able to go and do that. Um, unfortunately, in the middle of all of that, my wife's mom passed away, so I had to hightail it again. Home back to Toronto, a couple of hours off the plane, got in the car, drove down to New Hampshire, um, but got to see the the beauty of, of fall all the way down there. Uh, it's obviously yeah, a tough gorgeous, time. right? You know, it's really, it's gorgeous. I think if this kind of thing is going to help you or kind of hurt you, um, then then having that around you uh, is, is really an aid and it has kind of helped us. But it's been ups and downs, lots of roller coaster rides from the highest to highs, the lowest to lows these last couple of weeks. Um, and and then just yesterday, my parents are visiting me here uh, in in around Toronto uh, just over the last kind of four days. So I'm taking a couple hours out to kind of do the podcast. Thanks, Adam, for for hosting in the middle of this. Um, but we also had, uh, I also wanted to kind of talk about, um, uh, I suppose, the headset, the experiences, the fact that we've gotten hardware shipped to us, uh, the Quest Pro that Meta had sent. So there's there's loads to talk about. Um, we've been we've been kind of trialing and testing all this stuff. So as you can imagine, I, I'm in like two minds this whole time. And like on one side, it's just like total chaos. And the other side is a different kind of total chaos. Um, so I wanted to at least bring my kind of techie tester side to the podcast today and try something out that I've always dreamed of doing on this show, uh, which is uh, looking at you straight through a headset, which looks so fucking odd, I gotta be honest. My big nose sticking out the bottom. Uh, so there you go. That's that's me for this show. Uh, the, the highlight for me has, has probably been, uh, honestly, just that nothing has gone Pete Tong on me, you know, like with all the flights and everything back and forth. Like, I'm just so glad that everything went well. We were able to attend the things we needed to attend. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to even just, just to be here today, you know. So thanks, everybody, for helping shore up the ship while I've been away. And uh, chat. I look forward to your questions later on. It's going to be open AMA. So please uh, get your questions ready. Yeah, good Lord. I have so many already, but I'm going to have to wait and hold off until later. But uh, we'll try to keep track of any questions that might pop up in the meantime between now and then. But um, alrighty, this here salty dog be a veteran of F-Reality with a keen mind for science and technology. Some even whisper he may be part AI himself. He charts courses through cyber waters that leave other pirates lost at sea. For no knot of knowledge escapes his grasp. So lend an ear when this crewmate takes the helm, mateys. Be it manning the scene changes or navigating uncharted ideas, Rowdy the Navigator will steer us safe. What news from the high seas, Rowdy? Oh man, I love this intro. Like, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm happy you made me a navigator instead of like you know swapping the decks like Zim. Like, you know, like uh, as as the oldest member of F Reality, at least I have like old, you know a little bit of. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm the oldest member. Like, That's I, a I think, discount. Senior discounts, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe not an age, but like, yeah. Anyway, uh, and I do uh, like. It's actually funny that we have a little bit of a pirate theme because I've been lately really getting back into One Piece. Uh, we know that they came to Netflix. Um, they did a series there, which I enjoyed. I thought it was okayish. Uh, it was it was fun. It was very kind of like uh, reminiscing of the of the old days. Uh, I actually got into that quite late. Uh, I always love watching manga in general. So, uh, you know, One Piece is definitely up on that list. And I started watching it. 
And I just like, because a lot of people are like, you know, like especially my, my wife as well, like she thinks a lot of those things are for kids, but like a lot of the topics that they touch in, in these kind of episodes are not for kids at all, which I think is, uh, it's really interesting. I've been really enjoying like uh, watching that again and watching, uh, you were right, Sim? Too weird, <laughs> too weird. Look, 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 look like a weird sci-fi alien. I need eye, eye contact. <laughs> like, yeah. look at me when okay. I talk to you. Yeah, yeah, I, I was I was ballsy and I was trying it. Rowdy, is this a TV show? One Piece? Yes. You don't know it at no, all? No, I've never. I've watched very little TV, actually. Yeah, so One Piece is indeed it's a TV show about uh, a, a young boy, basically, called Luffy, who starts his own pirate crew because he wants to become king of the pirates. And to become king of the pirates, you need to find the One Piece, which is a, a specific kind of treasure that was hidden away somewhere on the planet, on the seas, uh, by the previous king of the uh, of the pirates called uh, Golden D. Rogers, I think, Golden Golden Roger. Uh, so yeah, he's been. Um, I've I've been watching a lot of that lately. You know, mainly in the evenings just to relax because it's such a it's such a fun show to watch. You know, it's like a, every episode is about 20, 25 minutes, so it's like a perfect time for me to like. I don't have time anymore to watch like entire movies <laughs> or like you know series that like end on a major cliffhanger and then I need to wait for like, you know, seven months for it to like, you know, for there to be in a next season. So like watching this has been really fun um, to watch. And uh, they recently did, like I said, like did a Netflix show. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see a little bit more of attention going into that direction as well. So I wouldn't be too surprised if we will soon see a VR adaptation of that as well. Is that the live action one or is it? They... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's okay. the live action. Cause I don't know. Live action anime kind of can, can be hit or miss. And I've heard mixed things yeah. about this one. So I haven't, I haven't yeah, watched it yet. It's, but. De it's definitely, it's definitely mixed. I think I enjoyed it uh, when I watched it. I thought it was, uh, but often like, I kind of like these things because like you either don't have them or you have them, you know, like there, there's often not much in between. And I don't think they did a, a terrible job with like the casting and the characters and, you know, like the, they're sticking fairly true to the, you know, the entire story as well there are some modifications and of course since it's a series it needs to move a little bit quicker because you don't have that much time for like filler episodes like they do in manga um but yeah it's been it's been enjoyable and I'm, i've been mainly watching the series again i'm even thinking about maybe getting the books as well because i kind of collect those as well i kind of love that uh, so yeah it's been that's been kind of been in my, on my mind besides all the virtuality Nice. Your bookshelf isn't complete until you've got uh, that spine of mangas like lined up, right? Yeah. So. Oh I God, what's that. next? Is the, the waifu pillow like leaning against the the bookshelf? <laughs> yeah. oh, he's already got that. He's got that. Well, thanks to Mike. You know, you know, I'm I'm, I'm making AIs, right? You know, I'll, I'll make my manga AI weird kind of yeah. It's like a robot. No comments. Just sticks there with <laughs> Chat GPT and weird stuff coming out of yeah. already ask her. Anyway, anyway, let's go on a weird, weird tangent. Uh, as for ye scallywags in chat, uh, any adventures, mysteries, or fine treasure to report from the high seas, uh, we'd love to hear tales of what foul tempests or fortune ye found lately. And thanks for joining our voyage today, whether by watching or just listening along. Um, as far as my highlights, look, I know that uh, we've done the pirate theme, but there is kind of a reason. I've been playing um, a demo for a game that's called Bootstrap Island, and it's a survival VR game. And I don't know, we know how much I love survival. And so we need more of it. And um, it's, it's hard. Well, just at least the demo anyway. So it's sort of one of those like evil groundhogs day where 
you oh. you're shipwrecked you land on a beach um you have to there's a lot of things that can kill you. I call them the three D's, right? It's like dogs can kill you. Dehydration can kill you. Darkness can kill you. Anything can kill you. So Wait, dar- it's darkness can kill you. Darkness it, can kill you. Darkness kill you. You, you have to make a, I don't know how or why darkness kills you, but I found out that if you don't make a fire at night um, and it's not the dogs that get to you first, because it'll tell you how, what killed you uh, by the end of it. So I, I was killed by darkness. I, I don't know. I don't know the specifics. <laughs> I didn't know that was a more thing. nervous at nighttime. This looked like it looks like uh, De Leon, which was this uh, indie game that that landed a while back. It had like islands you could sail between treasure and stuff. I saw this. It looks really cool. Um, how did how did you find it? This one. So this one's just one island. Um, and again, because the, the demo is a little limited so far, there's just uh, like the only real Threats so far are dogs, darkness, dehydration, starvation, the normal things. But it looks like they're also going to add like these weird giant bats. There's going to be like tribal people. So even more options and ways to die. Hooray. But anyway, besides all that, I sound like I'm complaining, but I actually really, really liked it. Um, it normally, I, I get frustrated when you have to sort of start all over after you've, mm. you know, spent like three to five days alive, barely. But um, it's sort of like new game plus you know sort of like Cosmodread, where you you sort of have knowledge of like okay this worked this didn't work so now i can be a little bit more efficient next time um except it's, it's, at least in the demo anyway there wasn't like there wasn't anything that you could bring over from your previous playthroughs because you're a castaway yeah so it's, it's not so it's, it's so it's proper hardcore then so it's, you it's very roguelike hardcore yes yeah, so you yeah. die and you got to just start completely over they do there are like uh chests that will be on the beach um that you can find and th- they're kind of random so they'll be in different spots each time sometimes they may have a, a gun in it sometimes they'll have a torch those are the only things that i found in the demo so far but um i do have a a really chaotic sort of a let's play styled video that's coming out. I think in like, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half or so. If you want to watch me die many, many, many times, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I love survival games so much. So I'm happy to see that uh, more developers are starting to make survival VR games. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the other ways that I'll probably die <laughs> in the future with the full game. <laughs> Hooray. But they're also, uh, so the demo's out now, but they're going to be part of Steam Next Fest, which starts, I believe, the 9th. Um, yeah, because so they're they're trying, they're one of the games that are going to be showcased during that. So something to look right. forward to for sure. Um, alrighty, before we move on to our next topics, I do want to thank today's sponsor, Dungeons of Eternity, for supporting the podcast. Uh, Dungeons of Eternity is a new cooperative hack-and-slash VR game focused on exploring endless randomly generated dungeons. You can team up with friends or venture solo through procedurally generated levels full of monsters, loot, traps, and puzzles. Combat is physics-based, so you can swing swords, fire bows, blast magic staffs, and more against the hordes of enemies. Level up your hero, discover epic weapons and unique perks, and customize your appearance. With three quest modes, four different dungeon biomes, and tons of content to unlock, Dungeons of Eternity offers a ton of replayable co-op or solo VR adventures. So if dungeon crawling action with friends sounds like a good time, be sure to check out Dungeons of Eternity on the quest platform. And thanks again for their support of the podcast. And I think we had the wrong... (laughs) wrong That trailer trailer is not... (laughs) 
Yeah, that's 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 definitely not the right. We'll get trailer. the new one up <laughs> there, but I did. Um, Zim wasn't here last time, but I actually mentioned in my highlight that I got to try Dungeons of Eternity with uh, Tatiana or Disco VR and Genghis, mm. and it's it was actually super fun. I um, it, it like there's a ton of customization that you can do with this game. Like first you start off as like a sad avatar, you know, you're in rags and you're bloody, and for some reason you can customize your teeth don't know why like various levels of decay in your teeth <laughs> in your teeth in your teeth really yeah so i love that that sounds really cool but, so wait you have to it's kind of like a health stamina um gameplay design or it's more dungeon how, do you have to manage like it's more dungeon crawly so there's like um different game modes you can choose from one's basically a horde style where you have to take the souls from uh, different enemies as they die there's another one that's just like um, you kind of you can go through and collect unlockables, but at the end there's a service drone, and you've got to collect batteries that drop off enemies and you repair the drone. And then the other one is like you start off in a room that uh, has like a tower with crystals. You go into the adjacent room, find the crystals, place them, and then you have to like defend the tower. But with each one, you can unlock different things. So the more dungeony, the, the the service drone one, that's where you can get a lot of the unlocks, cosmetic unlocks, weapon, uh, new weapons and stuff. With the crystal mode, that's how you get exo points, which are more like stat mm. boosting things. And then with uh, soul harvest, the the horde mode, that's where you can unlock different types of uh, potions and grenades and stuff. So there's a lot of combinations that you could do, uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun, especially, and I love co-op, so I was very happy to. This was the uh, this was the launch trailer, by the way, for uh, for it. So it was launched two days ago. Yep. Yep. Is it maybe that it's that it's been because you're, you're thinking it's the wrong trailer? No, they... Dungeons of Eternity. Yeah, I think you were showing Rogue Ascent for some reason, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Rogue Ascent we had just... uh, as a sponsor before. But uh, so yeah. I think it may have just been a slip no. of the scene, but but this is I was really glad that they reached out um, to sponsor because uh, this is one of the very few things that while I was busy with No Man's Sky last month, um, I, I caught this and, and there's several other creators who kind of told me and gave me the nudge and said, you have to play Dungeons of Eternity because it's really, really cool. Um, and so it's a three player, right? Game. Yeah. Three uh, or you yeah. can I mean, it doesn't you don't have to play it you can do single player. i just yeah i just right. really like co-op so i was super excited for it but it, it does I seem it. like i can't confirm this or not but it did seem like when i played it solo versus co-op it was a little easier so it it kind of scales I, I feel like it scales based on you know the number of people that you have with you but um i found that like i'm still confused about the teeth though adam you need to help I, me I, understand so do you, you mean the change, character's teeth you can change the way your teeth just look. A, you could change okay, teeth so it's just cosmetics a, yeah Okay, so it's just a, it's just a customization feature when you set up your character. Yeah, because you can do everything okay. from different hair types, hair colors. It's just teeth. I've never <laughs> seen teeth as a um, customization option. Actually, I think Starfield may have had that, but but Dungeons mm. of Eternity has like a crazy like ten different types of teeth <laughs> that you could choose from. <laughs> And I was wow, like, God, I thought it was just like white or yellow, but like you got me excited all out. Then. <laughs> that there was like a mechanism in the game where 
uh, your teeth would decay and somehow it would impact your ability. You know, like, like <laughs> maybe if you were going to eat an apple, but you had really, really bad teeth, like maybe you couldn't get all the apple down. So instead of 10 health points, you'd get seven. You know, something with the teeth teeth health management to me just lit my gamer brain up. So I will uh, but say it is, it's cool that it's a, a customization feature anyway. Yeah, I mean, can you guys the, see, the, see the trail neck? Yeah, like, no, I'm, we can I'm see it. Yeah, we got it now. Same. Oh, okay. It's the okay. right one. Yeah, it's the um, correct one. I don't know, some kind of weird blip. The teeth do actually show up though. So if you're if you're drawing your bow, your character grimaces like like that, and so you, you like other players can actually see the teeth. And then also when really? in the loading screens, uh, <laughs> there's awesome. a random avatar, and it'll for some reason just pick random facial expressions of the avatar. So that one, the teeth, other players can see the teeth if that makes you feel better. But um, oh, I did see that we got a super chat from Vexner three. Um, really appreciate that. I'm like, they have a question for Zim. Um, let me see if this yeah. is one. Do you want to answer this now or do you want to wait till? Okay, go ahead. I think we'll Zim's probably question. hold it for later. And I'm, I'm, so there's certain things that I can't answer and there's certain things <laughs> I can't answer for a couple of days left. Um, so uh, Vexner said, uh, give it thought here, Zim. What do the Quest 3 graphics compare to as far as consoles go? N64, GameCube, Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS1, etc. Uh, how far is standalone behind modern consoles? And can AR truly immerse you? Or is it a fun trick so far from what you've tried? So some of that stuff I can answer. Uh, but we'll I'll make a note of the question to the side. And I'll try to gather these like in a notepad file so that I can answer a bit later on. But Vex, um, just to give you a kind of an instant thought, I would say that um, the difference between modern day standalone like take uh take quest at the moment right and think about i always think about the upgrade as double quest right so like quest in terms of its level of fidelity like when you back when you had ps1 and it was all triangles and you looked at Lara croft and you went yeah yeah not there yet honey um <laughs> you know <laughs> you know things, boobs <laughs> it was great man back in the day you're like i it's, you know, <laughs> they're trying hard, they're trying hard. Um, but it was, uh, there was a generational leap at some point when it went from not enough to, ah, this is good enough. You know, like my gamer brain is happy. Um, and I remember playing, you know, Super Mario 64 and thinking, you know, this is enough. This is enough now. Like I I think NES and SNES <laughs> and those consoles, sorry, that's probably an, uh, so SNES and NES. Um, th those were probably not enough in the graphic department for those of us who, you know, are really spatial and want, you know, our world to be changed. Um, but you got to N64 and things started to look pretty decent. But then there were some there were some games that weren't. So I think at the moment, uh, just looking at Quest 2 um, and even out to kind of like Quest Pro and, and now as, as we head towards Quest 3 uh, and I can say this whole open heartedly, right? I haven't I haven't demoed any uh, new Quest 3 leveraging games and I will answer this again later for, for people catching the podcast midway. But I think that the the current level of fidelity is uh, starting to get to be to the enough point for a lot of gamers. Kind of like where modern graphics were in PC gaming at the beginning of the millennium. Um, I would say kind of about 20 years back. That's kind of, I think, where we are with standalone VR at the minute. Uh, but very quickly, I think developers are going to get good at with this current grade of hardware delivering even more right and usually like again two or three years into a console life the kind of tricks with that fixed hardware platform that developers can can concoct 
is amazing. Like, remember uh, when Red Matter dropped first and we were all like googly eyed at like how you can even do that, like with that limited hardware? Um, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty incredible. So I would just say you're going to have to give it time, right? You know, when you if you end up buying a, a Quest 3, for example, and it lands in your hands, like the dev content that's there for for you day one is going to be different than, you know, two years down the road. So uh, hopefully that goes some way to answer your question. And then you <laughs> asked about AR. I'm going to hold the AR, AR question for later. So, you know, is AR a, a trick or is it is it kind of worthwhile? But thank you very much for the donation. Yeah. Ooh, okay, I can't wait. So we'll we'll get started with the newsreel because I know that uh, you know MetaConnect that whole section is going to be a big old chonker. Um, but first up for the newsreel, this one I was kind of excited about. And I'm a little bummed out that Jose's not here for this one because I wanted to hear his opinions on it. But that's okay. We'll get him later. Uh, last week, Valve released a major update for Steam VR, launching 2.0.1 for the public launch beta. Uh, this overhaul aims to bring many of the new features we've seen added to the Steam platform and Steam Deck into VR. <clears throat> the beta includes a redesigned UI with integrated Steam chat and voice chat, uh, an improved store tailored for VR, and support for new keyboard languages and themes. Valve described it as just the first step towards their goal of convergence between Steam and Steam VR. So while still early and focused on gathering feedback, this beta hints at how Valve plans to evolve SteamVR as a more social and seamless, seamless extension of its broader gaming ecosystem. Uh, it shows their commitment to steadily improving the underlying platform. So um, my question for you is what stands out about this SteamVR beta and how do, you th how do you think it affects everyone who's kind of high on the Valve copium of Deckard? <laughs> <laughs> or have you yeah, seen it I... yet? Have you tried it yet? No, not yet. No. Didn't, didn't get a chance. Honestly, I I feel too... I don't know how you feel, Adam, but I feel too divided right now. Like, there's too many things that are really, really good. And I know flat gamers are feeling that way because there's been a ton of really great heavy-hitting games out. Heck and yeah. you've been doing a good job dancing with those as well in addition Help. to the content creation in <laughs> VR, right? But, like... At the moment, I just I'm I'm so split in terms of not just what's happening in IRL for me, but like everything else is like I'm so segmented. So I just I just feel glad to be able to get to touch a few things, <laughs> but I've kind of given up on on trying to keep up with everything because I don't think it's humanly possible for me at the minute. Um, what is this gonna What is this gonna do? What is this gonna change? Do you think? I'm I'm kind of curious to your opinion on it. We don't know yet, but I've I've seen mixed. Uh, thoughts on, you know, there's also some people that are Team Deckard on like, oh, this is a for sure, meaning that uh, Deckard's coming. And others are like, well, maybe it's just going to be a second Steam Deck. You know, it's going to be like Steam Deck 2 or whatever. And they're just sort of getting, paving the way for that to appear. So I don't know. It's hard to say. As much as I would like to be on Team Deckard, I, I can imagine a, a second version or like a Steam Deck Pro coming before we see something like Deckard, which don't get mad at me. I'm, I don't know. I can't predict the future, but if I could make an educated guess, that that would be what it is. <laughs> yeah, the in interesting part I find about this, and like it's been a while since I've actually gone into Steam VR, but <laughs> the they have a the the layout that they have, I really like. I think it's a very straight to the point kind of layout that they have. You talking and store very, routing, or where were you talking? Yeah, ju just if I look at the wait, I'll show the image you mean again. Like the UX of Steam the VR? UX of it. I yeah. I like I like yeah. how it looks because it reminds me of um, of Ubuntu actually. Because you have the you have the your main bar on the left side, 
where you have like your home, library, store, friends and chat, media, and that kind of hides and pops open because they show that in the image below, right? So you see that, how that mm. like pops open? Yeah. I kind of I kind of like that because it's like it's a very, like Ubuntu has always done that with that minimalistic design. And then you have like, a, you have your taskbar on the top usually. Uh, for, for here, it seems like your taskbar is on the bottom. Uh, which you know makes sense as well because it's like it's more like that VR kind of thing, but I do like that more minimalistic design than the the busier interfaces that you have with uh, with Oculus. I will say seven. I still do play a lot of flat screen because I'm obsessed with Baldur's Gate and Starfield and all of the things lately. It there's been an, an update to the Steam VR overlay too. I don't know when it happened, but sort of recently. But it has a very similar style to this so i guess it's kind of nice to see the the flat and the vr versions looking kind of similar although man i've been really annoyed mm -hmm. with the the flat one because i've like opened it up accidentally and then i can't close my friends list so i think the i, I can't speak too much on the vr version but the flat one has been kind of ticking me off a little bit um oh yeah but but uh, yeah the, the biggest <laughs> thing that valve did that i get i don't know why they keep going in the wrong direction with this i remember a day because i i basically maintained the relationship with my my wife thanks to skype back in the day because we were remote Aww. for three years and the interface for that when microsoft bought it all of a sudden got super fat like it would take up a huge amount of desktop space all that and it was like what are you doing microsoft stop backing up another project <laughs> steam has started to do that like the size of the window by default the fact that they took away the small browser they're like it's just it's always fighting me trying to take the full bloody screen and i'm like i just want you to sit inside be a nice little military green, <laughs> like, like just navigation menu of my favorite games. And that's it. And just stay, stay put. there. Download stuff. <laughs> just stay put. Uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't these days. And um, it just makes me upset because it's like I want to have just like back in the day, like with um, whatever it is, VLC or Winamp or something. I like having a small tool, a small, powerful utility I can just sit there and do its goddamn job. But right? I, that's also because they, of course, went to like more like the console industry, you know, where they, you know, now you can oh. have Steam on your TV yeah. and you can like those share a big great. screen and those kind of things. And I think that's kind of like, you know, you have then those two kind of markets that are coming fighting. together, kind of fighting each other of like, you know, oh, we need to make everything sleek and but big and... How are you guys with, with Valve? Because, like, for me, Valve continues. And, and it's been this way the whole fucking way with Valve since I bought into Half-Life 1. Like, they are the biggest blue balls company to me. Because it's like, they, <laughs> they flop you right up. And you're like, you're like, hey, hey, get excited. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. And you're like, it's been like seven years, dude. So come on. Is this, is this, is this going down? Um, so I don't know. With Deckard, like, and I loved when Bradley covered all this stuff before. It was super exciting. Um, really rode the wave. I've kind of died off on it now to the point where I'm like, you know, I just don't want to believe anymore. I don't want to believe. I just want to, like, just cry. <laughs> I just want to cry. I like it. Like, honestly, you, like, you bring me a I, would, I would love to work for a company like Valve as well. Like, I think that's Smart, just, um, right? I, I think it's just such a, a great company because they're doing so many different things right you know mm -hmm. they do hardware software gaming you know software uh, packages like there's so much stuff that they're doing even story writing like they're doing quite a bit of that as well but like um yeah i i typically like i'm, I'm not too invested in the and all the you know the the valve behind the scenes kind of stuff and i kind of just wait up until they actually come out with something because i know that it'll probably be good and it'll probably be fun and it's probably revolutionary to a point that it will either change things or it will just 
burn out and die. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, like, there's no half the thing with, with Valve. Like, for example, when he came out with the Steam controller, that was a, nobody made a controller like that before. It was a mix of a mouse and a, and a, and a, and it kind of died, right? You know, like, nobody is still really talking about it. They Steam PCs, for example, they keep yeah. doing these big I hardware I love that plays. controller, by the way. I, I, I bought it when it came out and I, I loved it. It was the best controller I ever had, but a lot of people just couldn't, couldn't work with it, which I understand. But like that's the thing with Valve a little bit. Like you either love their product, like sometimes you love one, sometimes you don't love one, uh, or you hate it, and that's kind of like how it goes. And if everybody loves it, then it changes everything. You know, <laughs> it's kind of how how they've been doing it, and they don't really care if their products fail or if their products. Oh yeah, I'm sure they care, but it's not. They they will not stop making a product or going into a market just because they're such a big company. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they feel like the product might not be such a success they deliver on dreams that's that's the way yeah. i've always thought about it rowdy's because like like even steam deck for example i mean that's transformational in terms of what it's done and they brought it together in such a package that like that type i know the type of device i don't know what we call them a portable pc that can game and it's integrated um but they, they existed before but not in such a, a a sleek design that really suited gamers was at an amazing price point and uh they just they, they changed the market right and they've been doing that with each of their their devices. So I really hope Deckard is is not just, um, you know, not just, not just a pipe dream, but it is something that they're actually actively working on. Yeah, I'm gonna stay glass half empty for now. I'll see it or I'll believe it when I see it. So they say. But yeah, I, I do. I can appreciate Valve because they don't need to. Uh, how do I word this in a way that makes sense? They don't need to try hard because they know that what they deliver is gonna be quality and amazing. So. You know, compared to maybe other companies who need to convince you a little more, like, yeah, this will be great. We yeah. swear they're just like, you know, quietly working behind the scenes on whatever new next awesome thing. And then, bam, it's there. And everyone's like, ah, the, the news will speak for itself. They don't they don't need they, to convince they don't need, you. They don't need marketing. That's what mm-hmm. you mean. They, they it makes just you sad because I'm like, something out. God, I would love to work marketing for Valve. So please hire me. But they I mean, do a lot of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's like, like it, it so kind of like, speaks for themselves. If you look at the Half-Life Alex trailer that they did, that's still probably the best trailer I've ever seen for a VR game. I agree. Like I, I agree. That is an incredible trailer. The way they dropped it, it's so cinematic. It reminds me when I first saw the Left 4 Dead 1 trailer, and I was like, you just answered like 80 questions about your game in the trailer, and it was still entertaining, and it had me like by the seat of my pants throughout. And it's the same thing with the Half-Life Alex trailer. Man, the lighting in that. Just, it's such an exciting, like, you feel like you're there. And that's the whole point. A lot of people kind of come into Half-Life and Valve and all this now, and they're like, well, why was Half-Life 1 exciting? It's because you were the action hero in a movie. And that movie was bloody, I mean, you're like taking this trolley down and inserting it and a laser beam goes (laughs) off and then worlds rip apart. It's like, that's awesome. And now Mm -hmm. it just looks incredible. It's so good. Again, delivering on dreams. Love love Valve. I really do hope that they... uh, do deliver at some point. Um, on this. <laughs> yeah. One good. one day, one I, year. I love Valve if they deliver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to sort of a more polarizing topic. Well, I guess Valve can be pretty polarizing. But uh, the annual VR awards are coming up once again, and they have released their finalists. So I won't go over every category because there's a lot of them, and honestly, you could probably check all of them out on your own. But the two main categories that I wanted this podcast to take guesses on were, uh, first of all, VR Hardware of the Year, in which we have the Haptic Vest Skinetic, 
the Haptic Glove Maestro EP, Cyberinth Vidmill, which is a VR treadmill, uh, the Vive XR Elite, MetaQuest Pro, Pico 4, Somnium VR1, and the PSVR2. So before I move on to the you know game VR Game Awards finalists, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on who you think will win. It's kind of you have to wait. Did you say Cyberith? Yeah, what? Yeah, Cyberith. Vidmill. I think that's how you pronounce it. I had never heard of it before, but it's a VR treadmill. It looks like. But didn't they get sued? Uh, Say that again. I thought my computer crashed. Yeah, no, he 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 blipped. I got scared. I thought they got sued. I don't know. What have you heard? Like, because, um, I mean, if it's the same company, right? If it's Cyberith, the one who went to Kickstarter originally with their with their treadmills, you had the Vir- Virtuix Omni, right? And then you yeah. had their counterpart, which was the Cyberith treadmill, which was coming from, I think, a university student who started that company. And... I think that I mean I don't I don't I don't I don't remember the entire story, but I know that they didn't manage to deliver on the Kickstarter after it succeeded, <laughs> and that caused a lot of things. A lot of like people didn't get their orders, or and then all of a sudden they wanted refunds, but then the company was kind of like you know, I, I mean I don't exactly know what it was, but I know that they went more to like a different kind of approach on developing for businesses, and then they started making new treadmills instead of the ones that they were. Promise with Kickstarter. Technically, I so don't know the entire story. But when I went to their website, uh, so on on the VR awards, it says video. It said like video production treadmill or something. But when you go on their website, because I hadn't heard of this company before, it's pretty much a VR treadmill is what it looks like. Uh, so I don't know if just, it's just a name change or what. Go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm imagining a bunch of cinematographers just jogging with all their equipment. You know, just <laughs> like this in VR, like really losing losing reds reds and all other kinds of shooting equipment but I, I i was curious so what was the category for all of this because these things do not seem like one another honestly like with the somnium and with the htc like they they, they don't seem like it's, they should be in the same category what was that vr yeah. hardware of the year just very blanket VR hardware, hardware of the year so e- even though some of them aren't released yet they're throwing things in because like i someone said in chat i don't think the somnium is out yeah, they've like been teasing it and they've been like showing it on people's heads. But I don't think anyone has one. Look, man, I'm not a judge on this. Pa- this was the finalist chosen. <laughs> I, this is, this well, is whack is what I'm saying. But anyway, my answer, <laughs> PSVR 2, absolutely, without a doubt across the board uh, for me is the win. Absolutely. Love that headset. My favorite headset at the moment. That's... Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not joking. I, I actually looked up the, the Kickstarter that they originally launched. Like, I'm just going to share it real quick. And yes. there are, like, can I sue when Kickstarter fails to deliver? Uh, <laughs> and then this, because this is the owner of the company. So, and, and this person, I mean, I again, I don't know what is true of this, but like, there's a lot of yeah. things on here. There's a Discord channel that is planning to start a class action against Cyberith. Oh, wow. Um, How did they make so it on this list? <laughs> or scammers like there's not a lot and this is only from like six months ago and this is a fear four years without an update new records join us on discord so there is a lot of like unhappy and this is for the this is the company right cyberith cyberith virtualizer this is so funny you're gonna gonna kick off a class action lawsuit here rowdy (laughs) kick it off (laughs) litigation welcome to the 
with a VR <laughs> litigation podcast. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds, this is, this is what I'm saying. This, this is one dodgy mm. ass awards. <laughs> award <show. laughs> I don't know. All right. I so that's know. the first one. Rowdy, you gotta, you gotta make a pick. You gotta make a pick. So we gotta keep Me, the I gotta, can, can, can I, pick so one. it was the class action lawsuits <laughs> versus. <laughs> What, 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 like you had to have to gloves. Oh, uh, Skinetic was a haptic vest. Uh, Maestro EP, which is a haptic glove by Contact CI. Uh, the Vive XR Elite, MetaQuest Pro, Pico 4, Somnium VR1, and PSVR2. Uh, okay, so the haptics, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pick because I feel like we're not quite there yet for it to be hardware of the year. I see what you um, did there. I feel. Mm, I see. Yeah, I feel like we're not really <laughs> there yet. Um, for me, it really goes between the, the the headsets. I think you know. So it's yeah. the Vive, the PSVR, or the MetaQuest. Was it MetaQuest Pro, Pro? or the MetaQuest Pro, Pro? Not Only the Pro. three. Three isn't even in there. Right. Fuck. Um, so yeah, so I, I and it's the, the category is hardware, Hard, VR hardware of the year, just very generic. Yeah, hardware of the and year. I, I think, I mean, I think I would go for the MetaQuest Pro then, not because it's the best device um, or the one that I would like the most, but I feel like that's probably the one that has pushed the boundary in terms of hardware the most, um, compared to the PSVR two, compared to the Five XR. Uh, mm. I feel like compared to the well, yeah, the Pico. Um, yeah, I, I think that that is probably, it's probably not the one that I would recommend to pretty much anyone. But if you really want the bleeding edge of the... Like someone like Jose, yeah, I, he can he can have that headset and he can have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> anyone else? No, yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. not. Yeah. Or businesses, yeah. And what did you pick, Adam, out of that list? Well, I'm I, I, I've got to guess what you're picking. We'll see if it's right. I, I have a me guess and then I have a judge's guess because it's not our votes that matter for hardware of the year uh, or actually any of them. Right. VR game of the year is a little bit of uh, public influence. But for this one, my personal pick, the only one that I really have the most experience with, honestly, is PSVR 2. So I feel like that's what I would pick. But what I think they might pick because I feel like the judges all probably have one. And the people who have this headset really seem to like it. I think it's going to be MetaQuest Pro. Like... It just seems like a judgy pick because I feel like uh, if this yeah. were, again, a public pick, most people probably haven't had the experience. But since it's a panel of like, you know, people who are deeply in VR, yep. people who probably got MetaQuest Pros or have made games, uh, you know, mixed reality stuff with it. I think it's going to be MetaQuest Pro is, is my guess. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be any it's, of the preferences It's interesting either. how much that happens when you have panels of judges uh making selections right it's like the the proximity that i've tried this yeah. that's why i think again if you're doing like an award show you need to have minimum standards that are tested and that your judges like have an adequate amount of testing time with each of the subcomponents take riverdance for example they they check to make sure that we had early access i don't know six weeks in advance to the full smorgasbord of titles and they were uh, kind of checking in with us to make sure that we'd played all the different games and stuff. And I think mm -hmm. that's really important because you can't judge something you've not tried and you just have an idea about it. It just, things change when you actually put your hands, eyes, or feet in them. So That go. is true. Okay, so now, um, actually this might help, Rowdy, if you if you put up the either the image or the chart, just because there are a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of titles on this one. I don't know if we're going to yeah. be able to memorize it all. 
But um, for VR Game Awards of the year, I'm, I'm curious to see which ones that, or which one or ones you guys think will uh, will win this one. And I will say, okay. right, I'm so trying for, to trying to find it here. No worries. Um, I will say before I list off the name of the games, take this into consideration: is that a public vote will make up 10 percent of the final score and the judges panel decision will make up to 90%. So not a lot of public opinion, That's, but, yeah. uh, it's, Bodie it's there. McBoat face. Like, come on, <laughs> 50%, at least 50%. We yeah. got half. Okay. All right. So what do we got? What do we got? The titles we have for this one are ghosts of Tabor, light brigade, Peaky blinders, dyschronia, call of the CVR among us. VR before your eyes, walking dead, uh, chapter two, Horizon Call of the Mountain, No More Rainbows, Barbaria, and Propagation Paradise Hotel. So I know that was a lot, so I might have to... <laughs> if you need me to repeat any, I can. No, no, I can I give you mine? Go ahead. I don't even like the game right now, but I'm going to say Tabor. I think Tabor has made the biggest splash. I think it's moving in the right direction. Um, while I was out in California, I actually got to meet and talk to the guys behind it, and I think they're vision is right um it's funny that i'm voting for one that i particularly yeah at the moment it, i have a distaste for the game because of how complex it is to get into it um but man that game has delivered something like breachers did for example in the fps genre that was needed heavily wanted and now people are living their best lives in that game like who who enjoy uh the flat equivalents you know so tabor for me is the pick out of that litter and i still wonder there's a couple of games, and I hate to come down on them, but like like Call of the Sea, I don't, why 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 is Discronia in there? Why is Call of the Sea? Those games just they're not good enough. They're not good enough to to be on this short list, in my opinion. Um, yeah, a lot of people mentioned like Vertigo too. There's a, there's you know some other titles. Yeah, where like... the fuck is Vertigo? Yeah, there's just some. Anyway, these are we won't debate the list. <laughs> Forever. But anyway, like for for me, it's pretty much the same thing. I, I even though I haven't played it, it's not my style of game. I think it's going to be Ghost of War, for sure. Um, it has to be. Yeah, like it I, almost has to be. Like Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, uh, Chapter Two. Good God, such a long name. But uh, that out of all of them was kind of my favorites. Again, amongst these listed. Uh, but I, again, I feel it's going to be Ghost of Ghost of Tabor. I I, I have a feeling. What about yeah, you, Roddy? Yeah, I think it makes the most sense. That's the most sensical pick from that list, I think. They're missing out on What the Bat. That's also another... <laughs> <laughs> Don't even start. You like naughty. What the bat? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, so since this is my show, damn it, and I love games, um, we're going to be doing a <laughs> smattering of, let's say, hot, cold, and lukewarm gaming news. Mm. Uh, the first one I'm going to start off with is Behemoth. So this is the game that we saw a cinematic trailer from, I don't know, it seems like a while ago now. And then it sort of disappeared off the face of the earth for a little bit. We've been wondering what happened God with damn. it. Uh, it's received a slight name change and a release window shift. So uh, the developer is the same developer behind Walking Dead, uh, Saints and Sinners, Skydance. Uh, so the game is officially renamed to Skydance's Behemoth. And the name change, I guess, is to distinguish it from other projects with the same name maybe i don't know if there was some legal that got involved there and that's why they need absolutely it. that's the, <laughs> there's no way as a product designer or whatever you're gonna like have your your game name and then all of a sudden change it tagging Ooh. on your name do you like, think it was a mobile was, game like behemoth could sound like a mobile game you know what i mean wasn't there a behemoth film 
that's oh, I the don't... I just wonder because it depends. IP is complicated waters and someone can even have something of a name, you know, trademarked and they're like, sorry, can't can't use it. And they're like, who's the developer not. again? Skydance. Skydance Sky Interactive. Skydance Interactive. So now it's Skydance's behemoth, not just behemoth. That's fine. You know why that's fine? Because on paper it looks stupid, but on you know, on a box or on a thumbnail or something, Skydance will, will be tiny. Yeah, it's a tiny little thing, and like it just won't matter. So, Behemoth is still a great name yeah. for uh, for that game, and it g- gives me such anticipation. Um, but yeah, the it's such a weird name change, though. Like, what? Why is it then Skydance's Behemoth? Like, well, because they probably got like a cease and desist or something. It is it is a very yeah. generic name. I mean, it's a cool name, but it could be used by literally anything, any movie, any other game. I, I feel like we probably have seen it somewhere before, and I just can't. But like, like, I mean, I still don't like why. It's like Skyrim would all of a sudden be called. Um, uh, how is Bethesda's? Bethesda's a uniquer name. Like, there's no other. It was the like, Elder Scrolls. They, I mean, if if they come out with a with a with a with a new, I don't know. I find it, I, I I would just come up with a new name then. No, not like just put. I uh, would just make it like Stains Behemoth. You know, okay, so what's weird is along with the new name, they've also confirmed that Behemoth is now targeting a late 2024 release pushed back from its original 2023 timeframe. So with that in mind, like at first, my first thought would have been like, maybe they're too far in development to change the name. But if they're pushing it back, maybe it could have been an option. But I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes. On, I, like, I need to I need to recall a a story from one of my favorite all time VR games, which is from Other Sons, which I thought was a great name. But talking to the devs, they're like, yeah, we had a similar battle and we got pushed off for a little sci fi app that was on the, <laughs> you know, Oculus Home Store. It used to be called same acronym FOS, right? was Fistful of Stars, which makes it sound like an old Westerner, perfectly fits the game. It's a gorgeous name, uh, but they they had to pivot, right? And so even some of the, the project files, like when the game loads or whatever, you'll see references back to the old name. Uh, but that's, that's another similar one. Like what Rowdy is saying, I think that where we are in the world today with legal, the legal landscape as it is, is just dumb. It's a just minefield. dumb. No one would confuse Behemoth the VR game with anything else. They should have been allowed to use it. Uh, I'm upset on behalf of Skydance. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Like, they've done what they had to do. It kind of has a cinematic, I think, or a cinematography kind of um, imbued trait because it's they're, they're saying Skydance's behemoth. Like, it's almost got that presentation layer. So I don't mind. The name change is fine. The delay is also totally fine. Uh, I did The last thing we want is an is an absolutely awesome trailer, you know, like this game's going to be so badass and then we have a whale jumping in an MRI <laughs> to a sad trumpet. No one wants that. No none of us want that. Take 2 years, 3 years, whatever you need, bring the game that you showed off that you dreamed, pour your millions into it. Agreed. Because developing any any VR game these days takes more than a million dollars. And uh, this one is definitely going to be multi-million in terms we of don't, its cost. We don't want another VR Halo, right? Remember that one? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that was... God, there's been some real, real bad apples, haven't there? Whew. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so lukewarm news in that, you know, we haven't really seen much from Behemoth to be too disappointed quite yet. Obviously, we would, would have liked it sooner. But again, I kind of agree with Zim. Take your time. Make it awesome. 
you know, unfortunate about the whole minefield and name change thing, but it is what it is. All right. So next up, we're getting warmer. At least there's one game slated to release this year. Uh, Ubisoft recently dropped a new game fa- gameplay trailer for Assassin's Creed Nexus VR, along with the new footage. It's been, it's been confirmed that it will launch November 16th for Quest 2, Quest 3, and Pro, all the quests. Um, and then actually through this trailer, we also get more information about the game. So you'll be able to <laughs> inhabit... Sorry, not, uh, not all the quests. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to... Sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> shoot an arrow through your heart there, Zim. <laughs> I, was, I was coveting a quest one, which I feel like has been cut in half with a chainsaw, but we'll come to that later. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Go on. Go oh, on. no. Yeah, so Assassin's Creed. Uh, oh, yeah. That. So uh, anyway, through this trailer, we kind of learn a bit more information about the game. So you'll be able to inhabit three assassins from the regular flat screen series. You get to be Ezio from the Renaissance area, era, era, era uh, Cassandra from ancient Greece, and Connor from the American Revolution so the storyline sort of uh, inter- intertwines their adventures as you uncover, you know, more schemes from Abstergo, which is the villainous corporation, Templar corporation behind it all. I don't think Wait, that's a spoiler. Question, because <laughs> I'm not very, very close to Assassin's Creed. Are any of those female characters? Or are they all three dudes? Cassandra was, right? Cassandra's. Yeah, I didn't play it's it. the okay. the one from uh, Odyssey. It's the one you, where you can choose whether you go male or female there. Right? Ezio oh, cool. was like the very, the very cowl. first one. So that'll be interesting, no. right? Altair no. was the very first one. Altair was the first Altair Ezio was the second was the one first then, right? One. Ezio is the second one. Because yeah. like, so I, I, I kind of half heard Ariel and I was like, oh, it would be so cool to be a mermaid in this <laughs> Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> That's what you got out of this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, I, it yeah. feels weird though, because I feel like all of those stories are a little bit done, right? The, mm. the Ezio timeline has been done for quite a while since they kind of milked it out even and then the cassandra one i mean i haven't really finished odyssey so i don't really know but i don't feel like it had like you know potential because this, the game was already so big the story was already so wide really to like, go beyond that and the same with connor um that story was also kind of done and over and even Which- the abstergo story that is still something that comes from like you know, Altair and uh, I thought that Ezio, was so but that, interesting. That was, like, I really that liked that. But yeah, it was done and dusted. That 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 story is finalized, I think. Um, so we'll I mean, so maybe these I'm are wrong. All... It's been a while, but uh, what is it? who is naming these characters? Every time you say, a I'm like, I can't even remember that two seconds well, later. But uh, I, I, I love really those unique. games. Like they really stuck by with me. Yeah. But would you prefer more of a sideline, kind of like what Call of the Mountain did, where they they're like, here's the main character. You're not going to play as the main character. You're going to play as a side person. Would you prefer that? Because I don't know. I I just. Like, for me, that feels again as if, like, VR would not be able to stand on its own. That you need yeah. to have these kind of, like, things in order to where you recognize. Well, I would rather have, like, like they do with every other Assassin's Creed game or every other series of Assassin's Creed games where you have a new storyline. You know, the, the techniques are there. The, 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 you know, it's open world. And it's, it is, it's very cool just to have new game mechanics. Uh, it feels like a, you're in an alive world. You, you don't, why, why does it need to be with Ezio? Why does I it need to be with so fresher? They're they're, like they're not fresh. confident in making a whole new not not an IP but like a new but that, character. But that's what worries me. Yeah, like I, if they're not confident yeah. enough in the gameplay that they need to put like things like Ezio and like things in there, that feels to me like they're trying to pull people who really liked Ezio, really liked the story, 
and try to convince them then to try it out while the game itself is not maybe strong enough to stay. Again, this is speculation. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I hope, because I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I even downloaded it since, you know, I downloaded Odyssey again because I was like, you know, I still want to kind of finish it, you know, like before <laughs> I, I get into it. So like, like, trust me, like I, I, I love Assassin's Creed, but I don't feel like... I, it doesn't install confidence in me that they're bringing back yeah. old characters like in order to make it maybe more appealing. Uh, I find that a little bit of weird kind of thing. Yeah, I'm really curious how it's going to play out in first person, honestly, because uh, I'm not an Assassin's Creed dude. Maybe this could convert me, but um, I, I'm, I'm really glad the project is alive. Like, you know, we had <laughs> three or GTA. four projects. Like, <laughs> y- y- there's just so many big, heavy hitters that limped for three, four years and then died. And this is like, we have to kind of celebrate Hey, we're getting an Assassin's Creed VR game. So, great. I remember when we got Doom VFR and people were like, yeah, it's Doom. And then they're like, oh, it's only like a small bit and it's not the same thing. And it's all limited and it's teleport locomotion. And, you know, people were like not happy with the product in that way. Um, but I think I think every one of these is tends to be a success because they've actually, they, they, they've taken the first step, right? And I, I'm like Rowdy in that. I, I, I kind of tend to, I tend to like the AAA stuff to be done. Like, if you're going to do it, put yourself into it, you know, like, like, mm. like commit the development resources, do it full fat VR, bring in studio help. If you need it, if you haven't done a VR game before and, and, and invest in it in a way that makes people who are in flat want to come into VR. Mm-hmm. Like don't do like a, don't do a holiday tour of the Island. Like you want to, you want the full thing, right? Yeah. Give us a full and, sandwich. And like what, what made me or what, what I thought that made Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed was locations, you know, like, that you feel like you're a part of history, even though like history is a little bit, you know, twisted and turned, you know, you still meet characters from history, which I think is really cool. Uh, you, you you get to visit places and buildings that, you know, you recognize if you've ever been to Europe or, or, you know, for a certain part in the US as well. So those kind of things that always made me really interested in Assassin's Creed. And I feel now with like having three different characters that you're playing as. Three locations Like too. how much, yeah, three different locations. How much... Like, I would prefer it, again, to be just, like, one location, and then you get more freedom to explore. If you can explore, like, if all those three regions are huge and you can explore it, then, you know, great, that's that's fun. But if it's going to be, like, more like, oh, you know, now you go here and now you go there, and, you know, it doesn't feel as open and wide as Assassin's Creed is supposed to be, at least... Mm. I think only the only game that was the most close one was probably the first one, which was with Altair, which was definitely more... I mean, it's still a great story, still a great uh, game. Uh, probably my favorite one that I played back then because it was the original one. Um, but I feel like we've gone past that now. Like, we, they can't bring out something that is as linear as that now for an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, yeah I would have really liked... I mean, I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I feel like... What made, because I only played maybe like the first three Assassin's Creed, and this was like many, many years ago. What what made them special to me was getting to see both sides, like the, you know, when you're going into the machine, the historical side, but also the other side where you're in this clean, sterile environment. I don't think they'll have that, like transitions between the actual no. person I mean, and they who they're done inhibiting. That already in the, in the recent Assassin's Creed games, that wasn't really a thing anymore either. Like, it. uh, yeah, but that, that's why I yeah. said that's the Abstergo storyline. Like, that's kind of like, that was done. That was finalized. That's There is no, 
there is no story there anymore. I mean, I don't want to spoil the ending, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of done. Like, unless they go uh, like, you know, back fifty years in time, and all of a sudden, you know, they, I don't know, it, it just feels weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? We'll see. But now, when we have the warm and lukewarm, I've got to, I've got to also balance it out with some cold news. So <laughs> some disappointing information has Uh-oh. come to light. Yep, regarding uh. VR support in Project Wingman, Frontline 59 on the PlayStation. So I guess with this one, despite uh, initial impressions from its Gamescom showing, only six new missions actually support PSVR 2. Uh, the full original campaign is playable uh. only on flat screen with no option VR. So I'm assuming like the, like the cinema mode. So this is a, a pretty stark contrast to the PC version, which features full VR gameplay so I feel like it's understandable that uh, PSVR 2 owners familiar with the original series, you know, kind of expected VR to VR. Um, so, and yeah. Sony's marketing also sort of implied that there'd be, look, we've got PSVR 2 support. Um, right. So there's a lot of pissed off people about this, understandably. It's, it's funny because we, I, I don't know if you remember that, Sim, but when we had, um, we had a guest on, but I forgot who it was to talk about. Was it Denny? Uh, you have to give me the context first. I, like we were talking about, like about PSVR two, and that I think it was me or you who mentioned that we were a little bit scared of that, like hybrid model. Mm. You know, oh yeah. They were, oh, you, they were you going, definitely talked about hybrid a lot about that yeah. being a, a potential and I, problem. And I feel that that is that has come a little bit true, where you see a lot of those, like you know, oh, we have VR here in this game, but it's like. This like oh it's like a mission in VR or it's like this like yeah. short experience oh. in VR and I I just don't like that like I, I don't either I, it's, it's, it's fun to like you know yeah it's, that's what it is like it's fun to show someone you know if you want to show what VR yes. looks like then perfect you have that this is how it could look you know do you but, remember sorry go on no that was it that was it I was gonna say uh, do you remember that um, and I forget Chico uh, in the Last Guardian. I think it was on PSVR, there was a beautiful demonstration. And all it was, was we could go and make this project. And it was a fun, short, maybe 40-minute demo yeah. where you fall in love with this large griffin. I don't know, or whatever whatever that creature oh, is called. Yeah. Chico, this, right? I wanted to play and, that. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Like, like for, at the time, my daughter was like, I, I, like, I love this animal. I love this animal. And, like, she really got attached to it. And then that was it. There was this short little bit, and it was supposed to be like a demo that originally I think was showcasing inside within Sony in the development cycle. And then they never took it forward. And that is where I think those small experiences, the bite-sized stuff, need to stop. In other words, it's okay to develop that, that little side shoot, that like Tomb Raider 10 minutes running around a mansion with Tomb Raider that, that we had a few years ago. But don't have it part of your game. Don't sell it like a game. Like, if you want to do a demo, do it. Do it for free, like a showcase. Show what's possible. More to show investors and game players and see is there enough interest to fund and deliver a full fat project. I think it is damaging. We used to use that term poisoning the well, right? Mm -hmm. I think it is damaging to have half a toe in when both feet need to be forward. You know, like, it's not enough. And um, Wingman was originally a Kickstarter. I covered it in releases years ago on the podcast, had a really early eye on it, was like super enthused about it because I love the dogfighting stuff. I think that's really, really cool. 
looked really legit. I tried it in VR early on in the the rain coming on the glass and streaking back in the cockpit as you're racing, uh, you know, into a canyon yeah. or whatever, dogfighting. All that was was great, really cool. And then they did the VR implementation and it was a huge disappointment. And then they didn't fix it. And now they're implementing the same <laughs> kind of thing in a smaller form on different platforms. It's, I don't want to say a cash grab, right? But it is, I think the developer is being overzealous and needs to go back, uh, fo focus group around the game, fix the stuff that's not right, and then and then release it in the same way that, let's say, Squadrons released. Squadrons released and it like blew our socks off because it was like, this is on point with the IP. The game plays expertly. You can do multiplayer, right? And then it's like anyone who wants to live in a Star Wars universe knows Squadrons is incredible. Yeah. Wingman should be that for like a Top Guns fan, for example. They should be able to fall into it. And even if it was short, even if it was like not many missions, it should be incredible. It needs polish. And and that's like I was super glad to hear it was coming to PSVR 2. Except for now I'm hearing, you know, the, the quality and the content side are both curtailed. It's just too early. They should not have pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, but, it's it's weird weird and then they made it worse i feel like in in this release so that's i don't know I, I i just hope that maybe not only this company but other future companies who are potentially thinking of like oh let's add on a vr a couple of vr you know sprinklings in it but it's mostly going to be a flat screen game that they don't just just pick one you know or completely pick both you know, don't don't just like you said dip a toe in and then decide ah eh, you know we're gonna draw the line here but not here it's just it's it's very it's weird and then yeah how do you i mean yep. marketing for it was also not Art. great but i don't necessarily fault the marketers because they're they want to make sales and it's like yeah there is vr which is exciting but we can't tell people that there's not it's not all <laughs> i don't know and it's a weird i'm not, not everything yeah. yeah i'm not envious of the marketing team that had to uh <laughs> try to go through that one that would suck <laughs> the, the other part is on this is just about funding right mm. i mean it, it's still incredibly difficult to have a vr studio that makes it to profitability i feel like if you break even like you've won the lottery even then most like a, a vast majority in at least last 10 years of vr studios have gone for it right invested and then not gotten the sales, not gotten the return on investment and had to switch. I'm going to switch to mobile. I'm going to switch to flat, right? I got to, I got to close up shop. We've seen it. Like a lot of companies have gone bust and it even big companies like valve. We were talking about earlier who um, try to deliver on a dream, right? It, one or two bad dreams go poorly. Take again, I hate to call them out, but first contact entertainment, right? Firewall and Solaris, like, I would be surprised if we still have them around as a company three years from now, given they've had a couple of big kind of fallover points. And some people love the new firewall, and I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, but I, you can't trip up very, very much in VR and still stay alive as a company and pay salaries. So unfortunately, we're in this, this uh, conundrum where artists, the developers, the product managers, the dev team, the marketers, right? You kind of get one shot or two shots. And if you don't hit gold, this is a gold This is a gold rush. It's a gold rush of mm -hmm. spatial computing. You know, I, I've got a little Jose on my shoulder here saying, you know, <laughs> go for gold, go for gold. It's worth it because this is your chance. Now is the time uh, to actually to try. 
because you won't get this opportunity again, right? People will establish, they'll set up shop, they'll have these massive, you know, worlds that people have come to love over the next like 10, 12, uh, 20 years. And, and they'll be established like veterans who were just sitting there and they just own that space. And actually that's why that's why Facebook jumped in early, right? They jumped in early because they're like, we could we can own that piece or we can and they're <laughs> doing a good job of it. Um, but now's it. Like if you're gonna take that risk, don't take that risk 30 years from now. Take the risk now, eat the ramen now, and uh, put your full put your whole heart into it. You know, trust yourself as an artist or a team, like just just throw yourself at it. That's the only way to do it. Only way to live. Yep. So I guess before, unless there are any other thoughts behind that, um, before we jump into the whole probably giant <laughs> Quest 3 uh, MetaConnect AMA, I did want to do a little segue. Um, there was a video released after MetaConnect. It's uh, basically a new demonstration of Meta's work on their next generation photorealistic avatars. And we oh. saw a little bit of this, I think, last, was it last Connect? Um, but recently... Yep. Zuckerberg conducted a virtual interview with podcaster Lex Friedman and with their both of them wearing Quest Pro headsets rendering spandex. Human... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that part, but that'd be interesting. They were wrestling buddies. That's the that's the reference in case anyone oh. doesn't know. So Oh, I think I heard yeah. that off somewhere. But anyway, yeah, they're both um both wearing Quest Pro headsets rendering human-like avatars powered by uh Medit's Codex Avatars Research Project. So basically, codec avatars, they use specialized capture rigs and machine learning to generate incredibly realistic, real-time digital humans. Um, I guess they apparently they went through a multi-hour scanning process, but it was mentioned in the podcast that uh, Zuckerberg hopes eventually you could just take something like your phone and be able to... Like just do a couple different multi, scans of your face to be able to do this. Multi-hour, so, yeah. Multi-hour. He, he mentioned that there. <laughs> no, not multi-hour. This was their their personal process for this interview was multi-hour. But he said this definitely oh. not ready for, you know, consumers yet. But in the far far future, he's hoping it will just be something like a phone that you you know wave in front of your face or whatever to scan it to be able to work with this. So yeah, not or an Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, throughout the the. The podcast, um, Friedman expects, expressed shock on how it it seemed like he was genuinely sitting across from Zuckerberg, thanks to the kind of uncanny eye and facial movements. So um, we'll see. There, right? Yeah, we'll see. It's exciting to see how. I still am not sure about the appeal because I I have two camps, right? I've got the yeah, I guess people like doing business meetings in VR, but then there's also the like VR chat or just gaming enthusiast side where it's like do we actually want to be ourselves ourselves in yeah. vr or because like usually character creations yeah i'll make a version of me but it's a way better you know b- yeah. buffer like prettier like yeah i don't know if i would want to be <laughs> with <mean>. horrible teeth <laughs> horrible <laughs> teeth fucked up teeth but uh yeah so i don't know <laughs> i it, it was an interesting interview it's, though it's, it's gonna be I, that I do. it's gonna be like um like they did on zoom or they have on yep. FaceTime, whatever it is, like, you know, those beautify features. <laughs> oh, yeah. Filters and stuff. Or- yeah, yeah. Enhance so, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, you're definitely going to see an enhance. But that's happening nowadays as well. Like, if you look at a person's Instagram, oh. like, they, they, there's so much Photoshop going on Adam. there. Like, uh, yeah, Adam. <laughs> what? I don't want to call anyone out, but that's a joke. <laughs> 
But like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people, when they, even when they take pictures of themselves, you know, you, you make yourself, <clears throat> you straighten your shoulders, you suck in your stomach, you know, you, you, you already do that in real life as well. And I, and, and you do that on social media. <laughs> so I don't think that that will be different really when you go to the, to the, to the virtual world. I think you will have like, you know, you, you, know, you have those kind of things happening there too. Maybe. Some people, of course, take it to the extreme uh, where they will, you know, all of a sudden look as handsome as whoever it is that comes to mind right now. But like, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, I don't see that as per se a bad thing. I do think that there's definitely applications for this, uh, especially with like, you know, the, the work from home or like, you know, we're trying to do cross collaborations across different continents, uh, you know, research projects, you know, having a, a physical presence even though it's not physical, uh, could be uh, could be interesting. Just having that kind of presence. Yeah, I guess like if you're comparing these codec avatars to like Horizon Worlds avatars, and yes, there is a uh, yeah. a slight significant difference. Just just maybe a little bit, but uh, yeah. but I, again, I think that all of them have their application. I think that if you go into yeah. more of like a gaming kind of thing, then you have people you give them more freedom into like how they want to represent themselves, but. If it's more for like business, then maybe it's something more like, you know, you do a scan and you get like some beautify features or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and that's kind of it. Um, I think that we probably go in that direction. And then you have a ton of filters that you can put on. Yeah, it'll be, just be Zoom, but then, you know, next level. Yeah. yeah I Personally, uh, when it comes to, um, I don't know, gray hair, wrinkles, all that kind of stuff, like, I do want to be me in a in a virtual environment really? as, as closely Aww, as, I, really? as I can. Yeah, I don't want to be a, a dragon or, you know, like if I can be me in, in the virtual space, I will be. I, honestly, this is just something that um, I've, all, I've always been that way. Like, I, I, I don't want to. And it's one of the reasons that like in games, for example, take a Daisy example. Uh, people will trust you if, if they can see your eyes and not a Quest 3 on your head. You know, like mm. <laughs> they will trust you if you're looking at them with it with your eyes and not through sunglasses or whatever there's just something human about that connection so i find that really important and also ever since putting my face on youtube i don't know fucking 17 years ago or whenever it was long time um since that moment it's like it's it's kind of nice to to have your face out there to some extent uh because again there's a human element to it where people can kind of level with you um and look at you and even if even if you minify it down to the single for, ser, serving friendship of a, like a plane journey where the person next to you, you talk to him, you share a story uh, and you're like, oh, made a buddy for the trip. And then you never see each other again, even if it's just that. I think there's value in it. So for me, when it comes to, you know, the virtual world uh, or worlds out there, uh, I'd love it if I could walk up and, and someone could see my equivalent of, of this podcast face. I think we're still a uh, heavy journey away. Oh, yeah. uh, mm. The Uncanny Valley um, feels oh. still very distant to me, um, even with these. But the technology that they got to to get to this point, to have this podcast uh, between them, is really interesting to me. It would be cool to do that one day. I still, you probably know this, I might have said this on the podcast before, but I like the fact that we're, you know, four human faces on a podcast and that we're not avatars. Um, I... I think it'll be quite a while before you see an F reality, uh, you know, faux avatar. Actually, I got to conf- No, I'm joking. Um, the, <laughs> the, um, for, for me personally, I think we're past the uncanny valley. I think, you what? know what? I, I really do. I really do think that we're past the uncanny valley because the uncanny valley is where you go like, Ugh, you know, like that, that. That doesn't look right. I don't have that feeling anymore when I see these kind of photorealistic avatars. 
moving and speaking. Are we, you know, is it on par with like realistic? No, that's going to take a very long time because there's again that, you know, that 80-20 rule, you know, you, you, yeah. you the closer you get to that maximized, you know, like realistic thing, the slower progression that you're going to see. So I, I think that currently we're past that uncanny value and it's going to take a long time to perfect it. But I do see the applications of this being implemented in the next coming years. You know, what I think helps, though, is not just the fact that they are like photorealistic, but you have to factor in the animations, too, because you could have a photorealistic avatar. But if the mouth's moving and it's like one eye is blinking and the other is not, then that's also weird. They did a good (laughs) job of like combining both, you know, the way that they look with the movements, which I think is is important. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at you, VR chat <laughs> and all the VR chat users for the last like half a decade. But uh, in real time. Yeah. So the, I'm the one thing I will say, though, that's super handy in having a virtual avatar is that you can change outfits at the click of a button. Like, that's really cool that you yeah. can just be like, boom, I've got, you know, my formal attire. Boom, I'm in casual. And that's been really handy whenever I've been traversing, like, virtual spaces. That's 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 really cool. I look forward to that. I was going to say, I could just be here in my pajamas with no makeup on. My, my avatar's got makeup. I will never have to wear makeup for any of these podcasts ever again. That would be amazing. <laughs> it saved me so much time in the morning. But <laughs> what I would, what I kind of worry about, and this is why I still think that we might be off uh, a little ways from regular, you know, um, consumer consumption, is hair. Like, if you notice... They, both these guys have short, typical, you know, to the skull Tight. dude hair. But for people who have <laughs> longer hair, like how is that going to uh, hair can go so wrong in, with these uh, kinds of things. So I'll be curious to see how they're going to yeah. get over that hurdle, because that's important to me. I don't want to. Yeah, my face looked great, but then I got weird pixelated half hair, bald patch on the side. But like <laughs> hair, hair, I think hair is going to be easier. I think hair is going to be easier because it's physics engine. Uh, no, it's not. It's you don't need to do that much of prediction because you can base it, like you can literally like put like a pot of hair on there and then have a physics engine, you know, react to like whatever movements are being made by the hat. But I think it, the harder part is doing the, the for example, the motion of the mouth and you know the the where the eyes are looking and that kind of stuff because all of that needs to be tracked with 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 hair. What you can do is you can do a physics engine, I think, to more or less like simulate how the hair would look like. Why? My brain is so caught on what what Adam said about the whole makeup thing, because for for years, I've thought that a really important um, advent that's about to come, a turning point, uh, really, in in driving around and traffic and motorways and all that is there's no need for physical infrastructure with signaling and all that. Okay, forget autonomy and and self-driving cars, but like traffic lights shouldn't need to hang over the road, right? You should just be able to have a HUD in whatever your your windscreen or... um, you know, in, in the glasses you're seeing. But when it comes to makeup, like, my God, you could have, you know, different faces, different presentation layer for, like, Adam can have a different face that she wants to put on for her significant <laughs> other versus, you know, a business person versus something else. You can actually have total outfits that are completely different and you can present yourself in a different way to different people. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, we in the 90s customized with, you know, ringtones of a- Angry Frog or oh, whatever yeah. Ding, ding. Good lord, those ding, commercials. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, let's not get the podcast struck. Was crazy frog, by the way. Not angry. Crazy. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. But yeah, I, so it'll be really interesting to see. And I, again, if they can yeah. figure out the hair, like cool. besides the physics, I also don't want it. I guess my worry is it looking sticky, flat. Not sticky, but just like flat. Like, I don't know. I've had bad experiences when I've done the, 
you know, the, the captures with the phone, like everything else looks all right. But then he comes to the hair and it's like, I don't know who that person is. But anyway, moving on. on I, find, I find it funny that she's saying this on not a, not a real hair day for Adam. But anyway, <laughs> wait, what are you what are you what are you implying? Oh, no, it's great. Anyway, maybe we'll just skip Zim's segment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had backups, uh, but Meta Connect 2023. Uh, we got a glimpse into a lot of what's going on behind Meta's ambitions for the metaverse, which they still seem to be going on with. Um, there were a ton of exciting reveals that I would love to recap on and get your thoughts on, especially Zim's, who... Uh, even though you weren't at the show itself, I believe, but you still got to yep. try a lot of stuff, which I don't know, I, besides the quest, maybe other stuff, but I'll let you take it over because I, I have many, many questions while you're talking, and I'm sure. All right. Well, we already have a pool of questions. I've got kind of seven or eight here. Uh, if you have a question related to anything Meta Connect related uh, that I did get a hands-on with or, or spoke to creators on site about, um, I'll be happy to answer. There are a few things I'm still under gag order. Um, and again, someone asked this earlier, is the embargo date under embargo? Typically, yes, embargo dates are under embargo, so I don't think I can tell you. Um, but you're not going to be waiting long. Um, I do have... Is it tomorrow? Hardware here. <laughs> Just stop, buddy. <laughs> Where's the ejector seat button? I've started to do that with my kids. Um, so... Let's just let's just do a recap of of uh, I was I was planning to go to California uh, to go out there and just have a chill time with everybody was flying out and like just go to the evening parties and stuff like that. For example, Resolution Games put on a great uh, like gathering for everybody. So I got to meet all kinds of people I hadn't met before. Uh, Jay Dunn, we saw in chat him and his wife, Joy, Um, Nazy. I'm trying to think who who else did I meet that I hadn't met before? I hate myself. Uh, Tech Banjoo. Loads of people, loads of people. A guy called uh, Panda Fox or something like that. <laughs> That's an inside joke now. <laughs> um, and and it, it was it was great. It was it was really really great to be there for the people. That's why I went. And within a day or two of landing, I was like, okay, tick, right, game delivered. I'm happy. Uh, in addition to that, however, um, I did have uh, I have a lot of dev friends in this industry, having been in it for a while. Uh, so some of them allowed me to to try Kit out, and um, you know I signed contracts with them and with Meta. So I was under kind of two different sets of terms, uh, which meant I was able to kind of photograph myself with uh, with the equipment and just become a model on, a lot of on Twitter for a little <laughs> while. You know, just. Um, and I know people are pissed off at me now. <laughs> They're like, "Stop, Zim, stop doing it." It's like, okay, fine, it'll. It'll only get worse now, but that was kind of the storm before the storm, I was saying. Um, and and before I go into Connect, I want to ask one question because I gave, I'll say, my audience, and I don't remember if I gave you guys this homework, but it's really quite important. Uh, night before Connect kicked off, I was out having drinks with the cinematographer, uh, who happens to be a video editor for Mike and has worked with him closely over the years. Uh, that's Virtual Reality Oasis and and his cinematographer, uh, who who I I've been talking to this guy for like three four years. Um, I won't give names so that no one's bugging him or whatever. But he said he said Zim, you got to try to watch Connect in Horizon. And I said Horizon's rubbish. And I went in before. And that was a terrible experience seeing, you know, John Carmack awkwardly, his avatar, try to answer questions and Meta be like, you can't say that, John. Um, you know, so it was never a, a natural feeling experience. It always felt like a poor rec room. Um, and he said, no, we're going to do kind of like, uh, and I'll get some of the technicalities here wrong, but I'll just try to describe what it was. It's like a 16 by 9 
uh, box that's floating in a uh, rec room stage area with a bunch of things to see and do. Um, and then and then this box is full, like, 4K stereo 3D, the sharpest fidelity image I've ever seen in VR for real humans on stage talking and moving around. And it was, it was incredible. And they're taking it down. If it wasn't today that they're taking it down, it's tomorrow. I don't know why it's time limited, but like the wave, you could go into Horizon if you're in a market where it's out. I know some countries are still cut off, a lot of them. Uh, so sorry for those who can't get this chance. But if you go in and you look up uh, Horizon and MetaConnect 2023, you can still find it. Like the wave when you used to see Image and Heap and go in and listen to our music and see the whole show, you can go try it out. Um, it's on replay, essentially, at the minute. And it is, it's incredible detail. It's like a technical marvel. Um, I don't say that that often. So go try that out if you haven't had a chance. You have to watch the whole thing, but spend 10, 15 minutes, you get the gist of it, and your mind will click into, wow, we can do this for, like, some of the stuff they mentioned at Connect, like sports, you know, sports side um, seats, you know, that don't even have a ticket price. You can just sit and watch a watch a game or watch a wrestling match or that type of thing. So that stuff is really exciting. And there's really so much here. I could go in 16 <laughs> different directions. But let's why don't we wind it back? Um, I did get a chance to try the new headset. I saw in chat someone was asking me, hey, do you have the new Ray-Bans? Those up there, are, those aren't the new Ray-Bans. Um, <laughs> it's just regular, regular me, okay? sunglasses. Calm down. Those are, those are just resolution games, you know, give out at showcases, sunglasses, but I thought they looked nice But did you get to try them? Quest 3 box. Um, I did not get to try the Ray-Bans. Mm -hmm. I had first-person account. And I spent a lot of time with Mike, for example, in person. Like, it was so nice being back together. Um, and he was saying that he has the first ones and the second ones are like, way better and very interesting for me someone who lived in scotland you know in rural scotland uh, the thing is it needs to talk to the cloud and you can talk to the devices and you can say hey you know what am i looking at what's the measurement of this phone how much battery is there how do i get down to that restaurant so like you've got a, a kind of a an ai interface layer now to real life through the new ray-bans which are really cool and i was like immediately convinced to buy it based on mike's recommendation to me and um, uh, a few other people kind of who tried them out and the showcase, but then, you know, there's like eight different variants in how you can buy them, different frames and stuff. And immediately I choked on, like the price was good, but I choked on, I don't know which ones and where do I try them on? So I think Meta's got a big problem there. You know, you get free returns apparently, but I don't want to go through all that faff. I just want to walk into a shop <laughs> try them on, buy them, right? Or at least demo them or whatever. Um, and I was I was planning to go to their Burlingame, California sh store, the one meta store that I'm aware of, which was only like a 20 minute drive from where we were. Um, but they didn't offer any demos. Strangely, there were no Quest 3 demos or Ray-Ban demos at that time. Uh, if you are in California, that store may now be offering demos or after, you know, uh, shipping date, which is October 10th. Um, so looking looking to find out if that's it. But the Ray-Bans do look interesting. I'll park that for the moment because I haven't had hands on. Um, and then let me just talk a little bit about the Quest 3 uh, itself. So I know we showed this at the start, but uh, again. Didn't wear it the whole first time. thing. I didn't wear it the whole time. I really wanted to. I was committed to doing it. But I was like, yeah, and again, I'm being careful about what I can and can't say. But like, it's, it, it, I know they say it's the same weight as Quest 2. It doesn't feel the same weight. It feels like a light little dinky headset. Um, and just to compare it, I brought... I brought the lineup. 
I brought the lineup. So By uh, let's go back. Light and dinky. A bit. Do you mean in a like a good way or like a cheap in a good feeling? Way. Okay. Okay. In like a this is my new travel buddy instantly the ah, second okay. I touch it way. Um, okay, Oculus Go, right? That's the profile of the Oculus Go from back in the day, right? It was passive cooling, so there was there was no fan, so the thing would bloody overheat on you. This is still my travel buddy, or has been up to this point. Uh, but even look at the profile of that, you know, side by side with that thing. They're they're it's it's tiny. It's tiny compared to even a Go. So that's the Go. That was the first thing. That was Carmax Dream three DOF headset. Uh, do not buy one of these. They're basically bricked now. Uh, even things like virtual desktop don't work in them. The store won't load. Uh, if you have stuff already downloaded or you've downloaded it before, you can download that stuff again. But you can't buy anything new for a, for a, for a Go, as far as I can tell. Um, so there's that. And then we had, of course, the ringed controller and the Quest One, right? And pretty heavy headset, pretty front heavy. Nice back strap uh, for those of us who remember it. That was really that was really nice. I'm going to use these as points of comparison, by the way. The controllers that would sit so nicely that when you would go to pick them up, they were ah. easy to pick up. And I'm having a little challenge with the new controllers that are ringless I'll talk about in a second. Again, all I can really give you is first impressions style feedback. Then we went Quest 2, which was what a good price point, $299 US dollars, uh, you know, several years ago now. And this thing just slayed. At a time we didn't expect it. It was a year after the original oh, Quest, or maybe a little bit more that. than that, right? And you and I couldn't believe it. I remember when Nathan and Mike were on, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we tried it," and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's way better." And we're like, "Seriously?" And I, then I remember you Mike saying, it. "Like, like even just for like the loading time, like just like yeah. to start it up, it was yeah. already worth it." Yeah, and there were so many things that were just like value adds, and that was like, it killed my Rift S and my Quest One instantly when it was in my house and i don't sell tech but i like was selling headsets off within like two weeks of ownership because it just replaced stuff and that's pretty much how i feel about quest 3 it's another leap like that but then recently thank you meta for sending me this okay then i got the pro oh, so right. the pro is new to me in my household and this is um now a thousand dollar headset so if you want to buy it right a thousand bucks so it's double the price you can get two Quest 3s or one Quest Pro. Uh, really cool. The charging dock is lovely. The way that the controllers magnetically snap in is great. These controllers are over-engineered and do take a little bit of extra time uh, when you're using them um, to kind of register sometimes. But I feel like a lot of the bugs are out of the system, which is great. It's a great time for me to get into it. And I did try working in the headset as well. So I worked, um, I think I was doing, like proud. typing up notes and a few other things, but I worked in it for an hour. Uh, one thing I noticed was it was, it, it is uh, obviously the forehead and back of skull, like compression, right? Um, and it, it feels comfortable. I love the open, like the side doors, these, these, um, like the gaps, these side wings that pull out. These are just magnetic, right? These things. Um, and I didn't actually know that getting it. But these touch your face. So it feels like someone's touching your face on the left and touching your face on the right. And for someone who's used to the kind of having the gasket all around, it feels weird to have Aunt Sally touching my face on left <laughs> and right. So I, I pull these out and I just use it like that. Most devs, I think, do that as well. Very comfortable that way. I've gotten re-addicted to slow-mo guys because that, in that headset, the uh, color depth... The OLED panel, uh, the fact that it's like a feckin' 120 or 150 inch TV in front of you, it's like feckin' L, it's great. It's great to watch stuff in, but again, around about the hour mark, I started to feel, I noticed the headset mm. in terms of its weight and stuff. 
So there's things about that. I really, I really saw this in everything. And again, there's things I can say I can't say, but that headset is a decent headset right now for that price. I think, kind of like what Rowdy was saying earlier when we were talking about the VR awards and things, I think the Pro is right now not the right headset for most people. Like for most people, it'll be Quest 3 straight away, um, is my, again, first impressions touch on these. Uh, now that brings us to Quest 3. The new baby. Uh, things that really shocked me, and I've answered this stuff. I did a huge, like, 600 comment deep Q&A on Reddit. So for those who were like, what the hell? I did a, I did three hours in Quest 3. Ask me anything, Reddit post. Go check that out. If you have zillion questions or, you know, want to ask something that I haven't answered here, I'm still answering questions from people. Uh, first off, this is... It's so uh, well situated on your face when it's on your face, as we expected, because the moment arm is so much reduced getting the weight in closer to your eyes. This is a huge surprise that the strap, um, the strap is actually great. Like you'd think all they've done is they've, they've made this into a V. Like this is, I, I did not pre-order an elite strap because this is enough. Interesting. This is enough. I, I played for two hours or whatever with it. Just menus, browser, totally comfortable up to the two hour mark. Then the weight of the headset, not the strap itself. I just felt it in my neck. And and you, some of you know, I have a neck problem. So I have to kind of just mind my neck in terms of balance and all that. But I would recommend for anyone who hasn't pushed the buy button yet, just try this out like this. I think you won't end up buying it. Um, buying another one. There are the colors. I'm kind of like... Could you please just do the colors with the elite strap? Because if I upgrade, I don't want to get another basic one. I would want to purchase this other thing. And then, uh, what's the, what's the, oh yeah. The other thing is that the elite strap is $70 now. It used to be 50. Now it's $70 for a piece of plastic that you My add God. to your device. So things are getting pretty expensive. Um, the look of this, when it's not on your face, I think is quite nice actually in person. It's really nice. It comes in the tidiest little box. Look at this, look at the size of the box. It's tiny. It's a tiny box. Um, and that's really adorable, right? And we got sent a really interesting um, creator's box, which is something oh, yeah. totally different. I saw people with that. It's so like you, got the three you, lines you, on the you'll front. Have, you'll have seen this. I think this is kind of cool. Three lines with like pastels behind it and then kind of a sexy logo. This feels very Apple, right? Like kind of presentation. <laughs> and But this box is easily double the size of the other one. So I, I saw this in the in the crate or whatever that showed up at my house and I was like... Fucking what? Because I'd tried a Quest 3 before that, right? And I was like, why Why so much packaging? Did they ship me a whole warehouse of stuff? But the other thing that I would say is just the headset itself, right? You can probably see it from there. Just look at the lenses profile. It's exactly the same, I would say, as the, um, as the Quest Pro. And I didn't have a lot of experience with Quest Pro, and I didn't remember this. But the clarity of those lenses... Right? You can see those Those are slightly smaller in terms of the size, but they are like, there's no lens reflections, there's no concentric rings, there's no god, god rays, no, nothing. It's just a beautiful Ooh. lens. I see nothing. And the, the feature that really surprised me about this, glasses wearers, is there's a four-notch little adjuster in here. I'll see if I can get the lighting in on it. No, it's going to be difficult. But basically, 
this headset, when I first touched it, I was like, it's a little shaky. Why is it shaky? And the reason is this lens spacer allows you to back it off. The full, this full piece like slides out. Oh. Right? So you're, so the actual facial interface now is, is a kind of a complicated unit and it comes back to your face and I've tried it with glasses in and all stuff. It's great. It's great. That's such a smart design. I didn't think that was coming. So the head strap, fantastic. Um, what else is amazing about the device? The feckin' audio. The audio on these sidebars. Like compared to um, Quest 2 then, since that's, I, I didn't give, I didn't compared have a to, Compared to Quest 2 is, it, it, you can put it painfully loud. <laughs> this goes beyond my, t I am a guy who likes to listen to, to Doom music at like what I'll consider full volume. And I'm like, if I'm going to lose my hearing, I'm losing it to some awesome music, right? And so I'll crank stuff up. But this goes abs definitely well beyond the Europeans' permission for volume <laughs> pressure, for sound pressure. I was surprised how loud this is. So if you like your Beat Saber and you're in a noisy environment, man, you're going to hear it. Because it's it's probably double the volume that I can comfortably listen at. Uh, okay, I was going to ask that crazy. too, because that's a problem I had with the Quest. Is like Not that I don't mind people in my house hearing what I'm doing, but is it about the same where people could definitely hear outside? Or has that gotten better? Or... That makes sense. You can definitely hear. You can definitely hear this outside. Um, it's also clear. I don't know what they did, but I think it's the slightly larger drivers and the headband because they're slightly fatter at the sides. Mm. Um, so the the music is both clearer. Again, I'm an audiophile. Listen to high end headphones. Here's a, a pair of Sennheiser HD 600s with an amp attached. I know what good audio sounds like. I I wouldn't see a need for using on ear headphones with that headset. Um, and again, I'll go into more of this in some kind of a review video or a long form stream. I am planning to stream all day long when the embargo lifts. So if you happen to catch me then and there, happy to demo and trial all this kind of stuff then. Um, but yeah, I've talked a lot because I'm very excited for this headset. I'll say this, right? My, my review is very, very simple. Very, very simple. Uh, sorry, not review. I should say my initial impressions of the device when I first tried it um, were... It's kind of an instant buy. A lot of people are going to look at it and go, ah, it was $300 for Quest 2. Now this is $500 for the base model. Um, you know, should, is it really worth it? The Quest 2, if you think of that value proposition at $300 and you add 200 bucks for the for the Quest 3, it delivers that extra 200 worth of, of upgrade. So if you don't have the money for it and you go buy a Quest 2, no problem. You'll have a good time in VR. Um, but I really think that as an entry point, that that really makes sense for the price. And the way I view it is it's probably a $600 headset in today's market being sold for five. Uh, and they just couldn't get away with dropping it any less. The only thing that maybe is an omission that I wish it had, we talked about this before when we knew about the tech specs, it should have eye tracking, right? Like, it, I guess for that price, they couldn't do it, but it should have eye tracking because that helps a standalone headset to perform. And again, I can't talk at all about... Um, how it performs other than kind of the menu and stuff but it's it's zippy it's like a it feels like 120 hertz um phone screen you know how it's like really fluid if you use a high resolution refresh right like that's what this is um i've got so much more to say um uh, but we, we we need to spin to questions though, yeah there, there so were let me take questions from you guys i've got some from the audience i'll i'll flip more in but just hammer me give me give me questions you've got on on quest 3 uh i don't know what you can answer <laughs> but so uh, you mentioned at the beginning you were trying to get it working. You were able to see your desktop and stuff through the Quest. Is that, so is it confirmed then? Is there a virtual desktop 
or, or using some kind of internal MetaQuest uh, casting solution to see? How, how are you connecting to PC? If you can, if you can say uh, it. I didn't, I didn't say I was connecting to a PC. Oh. Um, and, You're just in the dark? So, <laughs> no. Remember, it's a pass-through headset. Oh, okay. So, so you're probably using like full, an in-browser? full-color pass-through. Oh, you, oh, pass right? oh, so you can actually read text like through it. it, it it's got full-color pass-through, right? And this is no secret. So I'm not really revealing anything But there. even with pass-through, um, like I've, I found that like it still can be hard to read text. So it's that clear on the Quest 3 that you could read like text fine on your monitor. I've So I've said this again from my initial impressions that I gave on, on Reddit. Um, this is the first headset I've ever been able to answer and respond to a text on my phone with no problem. Oh. Uh, you do get one thing that happens is you're looking at your phone screen and it looks like it's warbling or or like <laughs> the the algorithm 5G in the headset is trying to make like trying to understand in a stereo form what that device how it should be re- represented. Remember when we first got mono pass through on Quest was it Quest 2 or Quest 1? Quest 1. Um, and like you try to put a drink on a desk or something and you totally miss it because you didn't have stereo, you just had mono. And so people were bumping into stuff. And so they added at the time uh, logic in the headset that would warp things. And everything looked very like fisheye fishbowl for a while. And then warpy, that warpy kind of things are melting around me like a Salvador Dali painting effect hasn't gone away. And if you bring something close to your face, it does that quite dramatically. But you can read the text. It's clear. Um, I do wear glasses, right? But I'm using this without glasses or whatever. My, my prescription is very, very faint. Um, but being able to just simply answer a, a text message or check Discord or whatever and respond back without moving the headset is great. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's legible pass-through. Um, you would, I would also say that the full-color pass-through, your first impression of full-color pass-through will be, ah, it's a bit noisier or grainier than I thought it would be. In other words, that that grain is still there. It's still not the same resolution as like what the headset can deliver in the virtual space. So the virtual objects, the AR objects are all super sharp. And I saw this question a bit earlier, so I'll just go ahead and answer it now. Um, my favorite uh, view headset before was HP Reverb G2 because that headset gave you feckin' magic powers. Like it was... Eagle Vision. I went into Skyrim. I saw textures I'd never seen before, and I was like, "Bloody hell, this is good. This is on that level." Um, and I can say this because I can't talk about game testing or whatever, um, but uh, I will be trying Skyrim in that, and I will see. I don't have a, a, a G2 with me, but I remember what that did to me. I expect, based on what I've seen so far, is this headset is going to be absolutely fantastic for PC VR. Uh, is my expectation. And again, I haven't tried that yet, so I can say that openly um, because of how fine the resolution is. In headset, the resolution is incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it, I was slack-jawed when I saw it. I was like, really? I was like, huh. really? Like, it's that good. So, yeah. Can I don't think they need anything, to go any better. Can yeah. you say anything about battery life? Like, do you have a... Yeah, sure. Uh, battery life, I mean, I, I, I played with one for three hours and i think i needed to charge it at around like the two hour 45 mark or something right. like that it, it varies so, it's meant to vary between about 215 or 220 and three hours based on use and i was using it for a whole bunch of different right. things so do you think because if, if if it's so clear you have full color pass through 
yeah. um, I'm sure that something either virtual desktop will come on there or will already work on there or they come with their own solution. Yeah. Do you think that we're at a point that it can replace the screen? So that you have I don't, I, a keyboard I, I, in front of you? Yeah. And you um, put up a screen in front of you? You work? So I, I will answer that. In front of you. I can answer that indirectly, okay? You can, you can buy interpolation. <laughs> Guess my answer. Um, I worked for an hour in Quest Pro with its resolution, which is less than Quest mm -hmm. 3. Uh, if this wasn't for, I'll call it the weight, and I've ordered one of those straps, by the way, that go around here, just to hold it up a little bit better. I worked completely comfortably for an hour. Uh, it's just battery life. Mm -hmm. And battery life, again, why is Quest Pro not the best working headset? Remember my little in in and out with Boz? Yeah. These only last a certain amount of time. They do have a lovely dock and they set them down. And these were supposed to last like eight hours. I haven't been able to test them for eight hours a full working day. But the only thing that really limited me, the only thing that limited me was the headset battery life. So if you were tethered, fine. But I was working a floor away from the computer that I was on, you know, with a Bluetooth keyboard. Totally fine. Totally workable. I was but doing file what, but transfers. I think, I think stuff. two hours, on, even if you push it a bit further, two hours, 45, I think that's probably like a, a target for me like for me yeah. to like use it as a screen because after two hours you'll likely take a break, take a or, break you anyway. change, or you can i'm sure you can like hook it up to a power bank or something like that yeah. to like push it up a little bit longer right um but yeah you haven't given me an answer <laughs> <laughs> i'll just say yes um I mean, it's really simple do i think that this could be a so is it good enough to replace a screen in terms of its fidelity yes uh, virtual desktop, uh, Gigodan, uh, responded to me, by the way, and I had, that's what I used, uh, over here is I find virtual desktop in pro to be really great. I haven't tried it in quest three yet. Um, but it's, it's, it, it, are we past that point? Yeah, we're past that point. This is it. We're there. That's the only cool. concern that I have about working like a full day in VR with quest three, uh, and again, based on my early impressions with the device are because um, I haven't run that test. I haven't done the 8 to 10 hour test. My work days are usually 10 towards 11 hours um, is just probably the battery life of the headset. So I'd have to sit tethered, which wouldn't be a problem. I'd be at a desk. I will try this. Um, the other one is because I work for a big corporate, uh, my concern is security, mm -hmm. right? So I don't, although I can work like on podcast stuff or anything VR related or my email or whatever. I'm happy to work in in a headset for that. I'm not doing that for 10 hours. If I'm doing my day job, I'm very unlikely to do that through a meta headset at this point. I know they've talked about uh, Azure and, and civil other protocols that relate to to this, but at the moment I wouldn't feel right in, in what I do. Do I yeah, think Adam or you could pick one up and work all day in it with uh, charging it periodically or whatever? Then yeah. Um, one of the things that's really, really neat about these is they are definitely lighter than their their compadre, uh, the Pro. You can see the Pro is like slightly bigger because they got to house the compute units, the cameras and all that. These are magic. Remember I said I was really worried about, um, about these being interpretive? I can, uh, and I did this in the menu system and stuff because I was like, okay, you got hand tracking. Hand tracking is brilliant. I can literally do this, right? Here's the controller. 
and I can put my palm like this, right, to the headset, and it doesn't lose tracking ever in what I've tested so far. I can't believe it can do that. I don't know how it's doing that. Uh, it must be the gyros inside, plus the AI, plus some of the dots that it gets to see. But I mean, behind the head and along the side. Every so often, I'll get a blip if I've really taken it away for a long time. But that's magical. Um, I didn't expect those to be that uh, that responsive. I do want to bump that's up a question because we got another super chat from um, Sherzad. I'm so bad with names. I'm so sorry if I butcher Sherzad. everyone's names all the time. But um, <laughs> so basically... Color pass through between Quest Pro and Quest 3. Would you say Quest Pro uh, better? Quest 3? What are, are there differences? Color pass through? Yes. Or colors. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not pass through. Just colors in general. My bad. I read that wrong. Colors seem really good in the Pro. Um, this is not an OLED panel, right, on the, uh, on the, on the Quest 3. Um, so I would say this is a, from what, and again, this is, I really haven't had test time with this yet. It'll be in the next day or so. Um, so I've, I've had only the time I had in California with it, with the menus and graphical user interface and all that kind of stuff. And from that, plus the two days I've spent with the Pro, you can see I'm quite limited in terms of time. The Pro feels like an OLED panel should. It's dark. The colors are well saturated. Uh, it's nice. This is higher resolution. It's, it's immediately discernible that this is a higher resolution headset. Um, the color pass-through on this is really good and is better than the pro um, as in there's less noise in the image. So it must be a higher resolution camera. I, I don't actually know. I'm guessing. Um, and back to the question colors. When I first tried a quest three on the first thing that jumped out at me was this, the saturation and contrast of the colors didn't feel right. It didn't feel hmm. natural. And so I think what they've done is they've applied a color profile to deal with the LCD panel and kind of take a half step towards what an OLED should be. Interesting. Apply some tricks for the blacks and stuff. So it does feel darker than a Quest 2 in terms of its range. But not like real. But it also, it feels a little bit like when you use virtual desktop and you tick that box that says, give me a, a wider color gamut and things just get a bit like too dark, you know, like they don't feel quite right, but it's like, okay, you're giving me what I asked for, but it's, doesn't feel quite right. That was my initial impression. I haven't had any problems with the color and the look of the thing in what I've done so far. Um, I'm really excited to put it to full use, but the number one thing that stands out, and I think people will stand out, is I think we're at a resolution now where, uh, to my eye, I, 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 I know we said this on Quest 2, and I would say that for Quest 2 and for PSVR 2, I didn't see screen door effect. The clarity of the text in this thing is a monster. It's a, it's like, that was the most exciting thing. It just brought a smile to my face. The audio blew my ears out. And then the controllers, I was like, the controllers are going to suck. It's got, it's interpretive. It's going to feel like a, an old, it, they're great. They feel like laser track controllers to me. I'm not an index user. So take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of other questions. So let me just run down the list I have here and then I'll yeah. see if you guys have something for me. I know we've got lots coming in. Um, what do the Quest 3 graphics compare to as far as consoles go? Uh, back to that question again. Oh, I can't say because um, gameplay and that type of thing, I, I can't talk about just yet. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll cover that on the stream when I do a live stream. Uh, it's, not, it's not long. Um, can AR truly immerse you or is it a fun trick? 
the AR component, even with the noisy color pass-through, was one of the other first things that gripped me. The fact that you can have a, uh, a fake object in the room that's not really there in your environment and then come back to it or whatever, uh, it was just monumental. Um, because I think you're going to be able to customize your space like we used to customize the Oculus Home environment where you had a statue here and thing there and thing there. And, and one of the cool things I heard about one of the devs, they said that the room mapping that it does uh, now which is amazing. I'm calling it a marzipan guardian system because the way it feels like marzipan is that thick kind of icy icing layer that you put on a cake, right? And it's kind of rounded edges and stuff and you just tastes wrap awful. it around a cake. Tastes awful. I hate marzipan. <laughs> uh, but this is, a, this is a marzipan guardian system in that it looks at your surroundings. It looks even at your pets and your kids or whatever and it'll, your couch and stuff, and it'll just lay out this marzipan very promptly, faster than PSVR 2 does I was going to ask it. about you know that. PSVR 2 tessellates? Yeah, do like a comparison between the two. It's very quick. It's it's quick enough that you feel like, like you can, um, like when I was testing it in California, I could get up from a seated position, uh, tell it to check Guardian, and it will automatically, by default, start rolling out this marzipan. So it just starts rolling out all over your space, all over your objects. And if someone stands in the way or a pet's in the way or something like that, uh, it'll it'll block it and then it'll recommend it'll recommend like a boundary um, for you. So it's so easy to just allow this thing to kind of do the boundary system for you. And then um, that's that, that, that it just kind of does, it just has a boundary there that that's recommended to you, and you can still override it with the old school one where you're drawing the finger in the sand or whatever. Um, it, and I don't know. It, it, it's a really f foundational device. I'm really hoping, and again, I've not tried it yet, that things like Space Pirate Arena, Space Pirate Trainer will be actually easy to get into now as a result of how the Guardian has changed. Um, the Marzipan interface is really cool. Um, but the, the other thing I didn't mention is the default in the headset now is full color pass-through. And this is another one of those surprising things that I didn't expect was uh, you, you put it on and you're not cut off from the world. You just see everything normally and you have your standard universal interface for the menu system and all that. So the user interface hasn't changed in any dramatic way. Um, but it, but the ability that you're not, the fact that you're not cut off makes it really feel like being able to see through the edges of this, but even that's a little awkward because you're looking at your feet or whatever. And if you're using the full full pass through, then it's an option you can switch it on. But this thing is is that by default, and so that by default means, you know, people around you, objects. You you finally have the confidence not to like tiptoe, but to walk, to get up and walk around your environment. So those things are just. Um, there's so many selling points to this, and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, Meta's spokesperson or anything. Um, and it is it is fair for me to disclaim, right? They sent me a headset. Um, uh, they did not fly me to California. I went out there and I, as I said, I worked with some, some uh, dev friends to try out the device. And so I'm talking from that experience more than this. This, honestly, I only just shot my unboxing yesterday, and that'll hit YouTube at some point. But um, 
um, having actually getting time to like test games, apps, and things is 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 still on on my menu, including you know PC VR. People have been asking me what's PC VR like because I I want to go into Skyrim. I want to go check out. There were some questions, yeah, old, like that. Like, have you tried right? it with racing sims? But I don't think you've had the time to really touch on. It's just PC about VR. time. Again, just as a reminder for people who are just hopping in. I mean, I've I've just come back from you know international travel to California. Then a funeral that I had to jet off to in New Hampshire. So I've been flying around the country, no, dealing with a, a family, a wife who's grieving, obviously, because her, her mom passed away. Um, it's it's really been a juggle. Uh, but we've been through all these different headsets. This the thing that I said to my brother, who's not a gamer. I said, I said, uh, my brother's name is Sean. I said, Sean, this is the first headset that's that's for you. You're a non-gamer consumer in terms of ease of use. And the, the, the number one thing that I see people like Joe blogs, right? That's, that's what we uh, say for the kind of the random, uh, I suppose, Jane Doe or whatever here in, 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 in North America. Uh, but Joe blogs picks this headset up. What's he going to use it for? Probably sitting down with his wife or friends or whatever roommates. Uh, and they were watching the sports game on TV. And he's keeping an eye on that through the full color pass through sitting on the couch Um with like three web browsers open, just multitasking or got virtual desktop up and working away. Like it's the first headset where you can do that very comfortably, easily, still answer your phone, still talk to people around you. You just look like a feckin' crazy person with this on your face, right? That's, <laughs> that's the, the issue, right? That, that's, that's the thing. That's, that, the, one, that's the thing that that's I'm the still one social missing. Problem. I mean, yeah. of course, we're, I'm sure we're not there yet, but that's also the reason why we see Meta focusing so much on those, you know, artificial avatars. Because I think eventually they'll try and integrate that technology together to make the headset seem more transparent, at least. Kind of like Apple. I vision. agree. I saw a mock-up by uh, Marcus Kane. You know the guy who does all those cool mock-ups, and he had it with a uh, fully blacked-out screen panel, but with like eyes, like digital eyes oh, behind it. That. So if you were able to see through, then they would just basically be stealing what obviously Apple have just engineered. But that could work, yeah. right? So thinking of already ahead to a quest Four and what that would be, you know, eye tracking with that. So, you know, it's in the headset. Yeah. That's one thing about pro I love is the pro prompts you if you're not perfectly in the headset. It's like, oh, hey, you want to. And it, it kind of gives it as an option. It says, hey, do you want to adjust your vision? And then it'll say, move it down slightly. And when you get it right, it's like done. And you just click done and you know you're perfect. And it does the same thing for IPD positioning on the head. And that's really nice. But this thing, you can throw this on with these lenses and be like an inch off, and it's still crystal sh oh, clear. I don't, there's no there's no sweet spot. Adam, you're gonna love it for that I, reason. I, it is. I have a love hate relationship yes, with sweet spots. Mostly hate, but I appreciate what they're trying to do. But God, yeah, that's like my biggest sore spot with any new headsets. It's just like the just I just want to look in it and have it work. Maybe adjust the IPD, fine. But thank God, oh, I'm really relieved to hear that. Yeah. And and word on the street, and again, this is nothing that's like under embargo, or whatever. Um, I've heard very good things about Samba de Amigo, the, the shaking maracas game. <laughs> I've heard um, the Stranger Things is kind of startling. That's the one where things are coming at you through the wall. There's a whole flood of MR experiences. Um, one thing that I tried, which is not out yet, not going to be out anytime soon. I think it's launching next year. As I got to try uh, Laser Dance, which is like Entrapment with Sean Connery uh, many years ago with Catherine Zeta-Jones, where there's a button on one wall, button on another wall. And then there's seas of lasers, kind of I expected to die fashion, that you have to physically navigate. Feckin' so much fun. Uh, Thomas Van Bowel, uh, our Belgian developer friend uh, from Cubism, is making this game, has been working on it for, for a while now. I think about a year and a half. 
and it's so much fun to play. Like that was literally on the ground barrel rolling. <laughs> it's like and, pictures. Like, <laughs> so much fun. That's going to be such a party trick. Uh, kind of like a Richie's Plank experience, right? But you just do it in your home or whatever. No, I'm diving so off the that'll edge. That'll be really interesting when that comes um, comes out. As I said, that's not available yet. Um, so with that, let me answer a couple other questions like I, I answered before. Would you say the Quest 3 image quality looks better than the Reverb G2s? I think they're on par, but Reverb G2 didn't have as wide of... I don't even want to call it a sweet spot. The pancake lenses and, and that interface now... Back in L. That's good. I mean, I'm, I'm converted. I know people before were like saying, oh, PSVR 2 missed the boat because they don't have pancake lenses. I think I've just joined that crowd with the pitchforks to say like the next wow. Sony headset needs to use that kind of tech. It's that good. It's like just it's night and day uh, good. Paradise DK, you had said, haven't you burnt your carpet yet? I don't understand that reference. You have to clarify for me, PD, on that one. Andrews VRcade had said, how does the visual in Quest 3 compare to the similar resolution G2? Yep. Bang, bang on. I'm, I'm expecting this to be phenomenal in Skyrim. I, I can't wait to test it. Um, someone asked the porn question earlier as well. Uh, again, same answer. Browsers, uh, text on screen, the virtual virtualized text. So now we know what Zim has been using it for. <laughs> Maybe earbuds, though, because you can't have it too loud, right? <laughs> sadly, sadly not yet. I haven't even had a chance sure. to test that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> first <right>. thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, first thing, right. That was it. He hasn't um, tried Skyrim yet, but he has tried this. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, I know you. Um, given the expansion of pancake lenses with Quest 3, Big Screen Beyond, and the innovation of a separate battery bank, how much thinner or slimmer do you think Big Screen Beyond 2 or Quest 5 or so can get? Um, oh, I think they can get proper slim. Humans are great at making things reduce, reduce, reduce. I mean, we got the old, you know, Casio watch. At some stage, it gets too small, though, right? You don't want, I don't know, I don't want to have to put contacts in, uh, is what I'll say when it comes to that. I Glasses, form factor would be fine. Or, hey, drill into just my skull and eye. let's just pop the eyeball in. Be handy for people with glass eyes. All right, so uh, let's see. Paradise DK says, so you've not tried First Encounters yet. Oh, <laughs> no, no, uh, if not. Uh, let's see what else is here. I'm going to scroll back. There was uh, one... Questions. Um, I think you, you guys caught. They were asking yeah. about when you're talking about the Guardian system. So how strict yeah. is it about you res respecting the borders? Basically, um, how well do you think this can be used in a small space re regarding the Guardian? So, same as the current headset. You can you can sit in a tiny space, no problem. Um, the same kind of options are there to enable disable. Um, guardian the the automatic uh guardian mapping is optional it's default but it's optional so it will suggest a play space to you and i've found that pretty pretty good you know it, it just it just maps the environment You're like okay fine do it and if it doesn't then you just draw it like you used to in quest 2 and so it, it's no longer it's no longer a pain in the ass they've made it easier and i think people will tend to um tend to use it i think they will actually make good use of that I, I, I find it really, really helpful. So I wouldn't be worried about small spaces with this. But I, the thing that I'm really interested in is the opposite, right? Uh, because uh, as far as I can tell, the Guardian space in terms of the maximum size you can draw appears to be the same as Quest 2. So um, I don't know. I, I'm guessing that. I'm guessing that because when you physically try to draw a, a Guardian boundary... It stops you at a wall, okay. like like it was in Quest Two, right? So there's a certain maximum. But uh, again, I'm, my plan here, my my secret plan is uh, take this thing and perhaps a second headset because I have a very kind a benefactor who's who's um, 
just purchased the 512 gigabyte version for us for my family. I appreciate Aww. that because Meta sent the 128 uh, and has sent us that. So that's coming on the 13th or something. Nice. So we've got a second one. So the idea would be let's go do Space Pirate Arena, Space Pirate Trainer in that way. Um, the, ro- the room scanning with the depth center, is that instant or do you have to set it up? What happens if you move things around in a room? Uh, it is dynamic, Will. So it, it, it changes as you move things around a room. If you move a chair or something, it'll change, uh, which is really cool. So it works a lot like that point map that you had in Quest 2 where it showed you like the red grid where it's like, oh, you've got a table here or that's where Fido is standing, right? If you move it, it just it just automatically adjusts very, very quickly. It's snappy. It's snappy. I, I, did, I had no problems with it in terms of how how speedy it was. Uh, PSVR 2 was a bit slow, but it was really cool to have the same tessellation happen around you. It's a little bit on the slow side, I would say, for PSVR 2. This solves that problem, is uh, my opinion. And also, I will say this here again. Maybe it shows that I'm unbiased, but uh, my favorite headset at this moment in time is still PSVR 2. Its screen is amazing. The lights and darks are still great. I still love the experiences on that headset. It has No Man's Sky on it, right? Um, For all those reasons, PSVR 2 is still, at the moment, my favorite VR headset. But this really easily replaces, uh, really, really readily replaces the uh, the Quest 2. Um, Hope so. Just yeah. for, 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 <laughs> but like, you know, sometimes you go from A to B and it's worse for certain aspects. And I know some creators have videos going up with like, this thing isn't as good or, or whatever. I haven't run across any that I found to be a problem. As I said, the two things that caught me were the contrast felt too high initially. Later it was fine. Uh, and then... Um, and, and then really the, the, the noise grain in the full color pass through, but I think you'll be surprised even when you get past that, like, Hey, there's noise. I think you'll get to the same conclusion that I'm at, which is, wow, this is really good. Um, and that's where I'm standing with it. So is that, are those two? So I do think answering that, uh, would you say those two are kind of your big, biggest downers, I guess, about the quest three. Someone was wondering what your biggest downers were. So I figured (sighs) if that tied into it, uh, I don't even know that I have like I want to have downers. <laughs> I, I thought the head strap would suck, but it doesn't. Um, the look of it, right? It's probably my biggest downer right now. The look of it, I like it sitting on a shelf. On my face, I think it, I'm going to put it on just real quick again um, because I think the look on a human face, it it kind of looks, it kind of looks dumb. <laughs> it kind of looks like I I a triclops I don't, instead of a cyclops. <laughs> Yeah, you look, it's it's hard to look at somebody with this on their head and kind of look like look at them normally. I was getting that like the human reaction from both of you. And that's why I took it off my head because I was like, <laughs> you can feel our judgment really slim. I've got a big nose. You know, I'm a big nose gem. So. Um, that's been totally fine. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I didn't hear. It. Oh, uh, no, you could feel us judging us. Probably. I'm sure <laughs> you had oh. it on, but. Yeah, I actually have a yeah. question since you're you're out of the picture. Whatever you have one with another one on the way, but I want to know if Rowdy yeah. pre-ordered or is thinking of pre-ordering. Good question. I'll I'll tell mine what after. I'm I'm no I'm I'm currently not thinking of pre-ordering it. I, I kind of want to see like again like for me it's like two aspects. It's either gaming or it's more like I don't know productivity focused. Um, and currently like I don't feel like the gaming market Uh-oh. is. Cutting in and out. Rowdy, you're in and out a little bit. Just just hold your comments for a second. All right, cool. Uh, I'll I'll take one question, then we'll come back to you. Uh, Did the textures confirm Half Life Three Quest Three versus PSVR Two? So, I I so right now I see both headsets as being. Can I have a can I have a double daily driver? 
Like I think I think no. this is my expectation is that Quest Three will be my PC VR and standalone headset, like for and it might now answer. I really want to try this, and I will trial it. Uh, will it be my first ever headset that I can actually work in? Uh, like if I'm preparing podcast notes or whatever, because one of the things that I really like about that in Pro was that I could have my laptop on my lap, for example, typing away on the keyboard, but the level of the monitor, you know, from a physiology perspective was was up here because I was in virtual desktop and typing away and the screen was bigger. It was easier on my eyes that way. So I'm really excited about that. So back to your answer, Rowdy. Oh, yeah. No, it was just very short. Um like for me, like I, I feel like still this is a niche device. Um, it is not as as consumer ready, I think, as a, or as mass market ready as 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 I think I would like it to be at this point. Um, so I currently haven't pre-ordered one yet. I might, I might change my mind. I, like I know that you can be very convincing, Zim. So you know, <laughs> well, that, that that might happen. Uh, but at this point, at least, no. I want to see how, like, what games come out for it. You know, which, which what stuff is coming for it. That's what I'm, what I'm. Yeah, and that's a lot of, and and like even, I haven't even had a moment to think about the content side of it. But it, I suppose it feels like it maybe is a light. Uh, there's there's not a lot of news. I feel like there's a bunch of devs who were trying to get in there and be like, hey, we've got Upgraded this better versions. on Quest Three yeah. or. Past but in versions. terms of the the heavy landing behemoths out there, uh, you know, we don't seem to have like you've got what Assassin's Creed, you've got um, Asgard's Wrath coming. I'll be honest, I'm not at all excited for Asgard's Wrath. I, I might not even play it. Like it might come free with but the headset the or whatever, when, right? Because I mean, they've been making these announcements for quite a while now. Like uh, you know, we we've heard that since Quest Two. <laughs> it might be Quest Four that they actually release on. You know, you don't. That, that's why I'm a little bit more apprehensive I now. Believe, like, I believe that date's out there for Asgard's. I'm just yeah for being careful. But I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> the other maybe stuff. the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I we don't know their. This is the same thing that we used to go on about. Their pipeline is pretty opaque, right? We don't have a lot of that. So, um, someone had asked, "Is there a way to get the lenses closer to your eyes?" So the so the way to get the lenses closer to your eyes um, is the is the facial interface and the button on the side and you put it all the way down if you want to get as close as possible. The other thing that I like is that the lenses are in a little bit. You see there's like they're 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 just subset into the device. So if even if you have flat like glass lenses or something, you're not going to scratch them. They're not protruding. <laughs> uh which I like about the design. It's a quite smart little headset. But yeah, I think that's going to be a travel buddy. I have to test it on a plane or something because the reason I go back to the go and still go to the go is that three doff um, is uh, it solves that problem uh, of float and drift and all that annoying stuff that happens when you're traveling. You can just like in Quest Two turn off uh, six doff and go just to three doff, and it does some interpolation with your hands, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I haven't tested it yet, so we need to see if that actually that actually works but uh someone asked about battery life we talked about that kind of two and a half hours i would say would be my net reaction but if you have an old quest then it feels kind of similar that way i'm trying to think is there anything else that's been asked before that you'd all want to know i think you mostly um, covered everything previous i was trying to scroll as you were talking and i was like okay he answered that one yeah. just in conversation answered that one but there's a lot maybe bluetooth would be a question so one of the questions that i have but again not not tested yet is um, so one of the problems because of how Bluetooth functions, 
Um, getting, for example, uh, like a, an AirPod or something to work with the headset would be ideal. And I believe there's a, an accessory that's coming out that's got a special codec so that the game and music is in sync because before now it's always been super delayed. And the only real way that I know to get around that is use a PC for PC VR, Bluetooth to the computer, displaying to the screen via streaming via virtual desktop or AirLink, and then that that's your workaround, right? If you want to play PC VR content. But if you're purely standalone and you want to do, I don't know, Beat Saber or Synth Riders or something that way, then yeah, difficult, right? Difficult. But there's there's a bunch of MR stuff coming out. Unfortunately, I've been inundated in devs reaching out and being like, hey, test this, test that. And I will embargo-wise try to play everything I can as soon as I can. Um again, I'm just gonna remind we're in a definitely in a period of mourning now, so that's that's gonna take me out. Um but what I've agreed with the wife is on on embargo lift day, I will stream for the day. And so that will be my kind of gift to the community. And I've got an unboxing video coming. Uh, whether or not I'll get a chance to do a proper review in the time we have left. So tomorrow is full stream day. No, I'm joking. I, I don't know when the date is. <laughs> keep guessing. Keep guessing. But um, so it's cool that people who have ordered their quests are getting them. One thing that I will say is here in Canada, orders have already slipped out to for the 512 version. That's already out to <laughs> the 13th uh, for deliveries of the 512. I've heard that 512 sold out in the UK or something like that as well. So it sounds like the the bigger skew is doing well. Um, and I would say to anyone who's like not sure which headset to purchase at the moment, I would suggest the 128 is enough because you get such good bang for your buck. And unless you're really a hardcore gamer and can't uninstall stuff, 128 will be enough for what you are trying and to do with it for now. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I, I ended up, yes, I did pre-order. Hey! <laughs> and I got the, I did get the... Um, that was at 120. I, I didn't get the 500 because I was like, even on my yeah. quest two, thinking about it now, I uninstalled stuff so much. I'm like, have I used this in the last week? No, gone. So I figured like, <laughs> yeah, I know that there's going to be a lot of uh, games using more resources or, uh, you know, taking up more space. But I'm like, I don't, I'm not playing like five games at a time. You know, usually it's just one or two. Uh, like I'll keep my uh, tried and true supernatural oh. and then maybe one other just a game game and that's it. I don't need to have a million things installed. on. I, I like it clean. Just, I like it clean. I don't want yeah. to have it. And I, and I know we're going long. I'm going to mention two things here. So I'm really curious, Adam, if you end up converting, uh, as your daily driver away from your index with this headset the, and something you're going to want to care about. And a lot of people here will, cause we've got a lot of enthusiasts who follow F reality is it's six E Wi-Fi capable. Mm. So getting a router, the difference is this, right? The original headset could, could push something like 500 to 600 megabits per second. On 60, you can get 2,000 megabits per second throughput. So with the new upgraded resolution that the Quest 3 can handle, it's going to be very important for silky smooth PC VR gaming um, in your domain, in your domicile, your house or whatever, to have a 60 router. And I believe although I don't understand this fully yet, Windows 11 is required in order to leverage that protocol to, to communicate with the headset. But from what I've heard, again, from dev friends of mine, is it is indiscernible from cabled. Uh, compression is no longer an issue, and it looks like you're playing straight on desktop. And if that's true, if that's really the case, this device might replace an index too. 
But I mean, to be fair wow. though, the index is is already a bit of an old. It's older device, now, yeah. Right. Yep. Like, so it in terms of is. like the hardware that it contains, I would expect that the Quest Three. God, that make me so sad. It's got some good things though. <laughs> but the, the, the microphone, the speakers, right? Yeah, but it's those, got some those are still those are high end luxury features that back at that time were like state of the art. But right. my, my question is, like, I mean, of course, we don't know what Valve is doing, and we spoke about Valve earlier. But if Valve comes out with something in December, hmm, how would it compete then with the Quest Three, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Can I, we take a guess? Still... Let's, let's all make, make that guess, right? Is Valve going to drop something in 2024? Yes or no? 2024. Not not this year. 2024. Oh, sorry. 23. I'm living in the future oh, already. This year, no. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I so. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think yeah, so. I don't but think so. yeah, you know how these things go, right? And they and they love sometimes just raining on the parade of, of you know, releasing something. They've done it before with like, you know, like the trailer releases or like announcing something. And they do it specifically timed when, you know, Oculus is normally or Meta is having their moment to shine. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of a, of a like a, a little bit of a fight often between those two, uh, maybe a little bit comically, but that has <laughs> yeah. happened before. So I wouldn't be too surprised <laughs> to see maybe then in 2024 or like you know or at least see an announcement coming, mm. maybe in that direction more if they again want to rain on the parade. I, I I don't know. This would be this would be tough because I even though I've tried you know other headsets now I still always go back to the Pimax either just because for for PC VR usage um, just because it's either Pimax um, no no the Valve Index I, I go okay. I always go back to that one despite other you know maybe slightly clearer higher resolution headsets that I have uh, just because not only does it still look good in my opinion but it's just easy um, but that's specifically for PC VR. If the Quest yeah. 3 could replace not only my, you know, the Quest 2, obviously, but my Valve Index, that would be pretty dang impressive. Because then that would, you know, shoot a hole in my theory of like, okay, we've got three camps, right? you got the console uh, VR, PC VR, yeah. and standalone. Now standalone is just like, you could do that on the PC VR, and it's pretty dang good. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm... I, I see this as a sandwich now. Like it really is like an ice cream sandwich to me because uh, and not a smelly ice cream sandwich. I was just huffing <laughs> the headset. Smelly ice cream sandwich. I've had, I've I've had the quest. Just, uh, not what do you want to eat? Um, although Adam, you might. It, your standards are lower. So anyway, uh, I think that this uh, headset, it, like sandwich, is three things, right? And it brings a new. The new piece to me is the working headset because Rowdy and I have been wanting this for so long, and it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna really throw myself at it. I'm gonna try, and I might even. I don't know, <laughs> compromise my morals or something just to try and see if I can do a 10 day, you know, full day work in it. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. I have to it's just stream see all if like I can... the important documents and like <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Screw it. Oh, yeah. Live on Twitch. Um, but it should be good. So I'm going to I'm planning a, a full day stream. I believe the current limit on YouTube is 12 hours. Um, so I would be doing that and then swapping between this and that Jesus and all this Christ. kind of stuff. So. Uh, we're going to do we're going to do that. And I will I will play as much as I can. So if devs are like even on the day, they're like, hey, I've got something. Show this. Uh, I will try to accommodate and do as much as I can. The limit for me is YouTube's stream limit, because at some point it literally stops the show. And it's like you cannot stream anymore. Otherwise, I would Start go on a new one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just want to say a special not not a, a huge 
huge heartfelt thanks uh, to my wife for standing by me through all of this. We've, we've been through the hardest time we probably will as a couple. I mean, her mom was her, her very much best friend. Um, she and I, you know, partnered through all this VR stuff, through all the kids and everything else. And I just want to say thank you to Karen uh, because we knew that it might happen if I go to California. Then it did, uh, unfortunately, in terms of timing. Uh, and I hung out there for an extra three days and then came back. Again, all discussed and agreed with her, and she she takes an arrow to the knee over and over uh, for me, uh, you know, willingly, and I appreciate that a bunch, and I hope I can, you know, pay that back to her in the next week or so, because uh, I'll be on bereavement leave now. Um, so I've got the stream coming up. We're going to do that, uh, but I didn't want to forgive or forget the, uh, the sacrifice that uh, others are making so that you guys can hear this from me, uh, see this, and I appreciate that, so... Thanks, everyone, for, um, you know, listening uh, to this. Adam, for example, for hosting today's show, taking the weight off of my shoulders. Um, Did I? Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it, it, it's, 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 it's really, really helped to alleviate uh, some of the stress and burden in what has been the toughest summer that I can remember. Um, we've had all kinds of things happen, right? Between the puppy and the spider bite and like this, this stuff triggering off. And uh, even just yesterday, unfortunately, uh, we had another death in the family. So like, it's just all coming together. I don't know why it's just a hard year for us, uh, but it's also, um, I call it the fall of VR, right? Uh, tongue in cheek, because man, between PSVR 2 and Quest 3 and having gotten my hands on a Quest Pro, again, thanks to Meta, um, uh, there's so much good stuff here. And so I feel like content is only inevitable now, given the hardware is here this way. And, uh, yeah, just like, thanks to the, thanks to everyone out there who's as inquisitive and as curious and intrigued about VR, who's putting money into it. I think that's another important part. Like vote with your wallets, people, um, vote for who you want to, to kind of go forward. And if you hate meta and you don't like them being big brother, vote vote a different way right there's plenty of options out there now there's somnium coming on the horizon maybe a deckard man we've got some some great stuff um so anyway Alrighty. I, those are my words on it those are my thoughts and that was uh maybe i should maybe I should just wrap it up <laughs> yeah. with saying that um connect i thought was done really well i heard they had done it on campus because all the regular places were booked out and that means that San Jose McHenry, which was the center where they were normally hosting this, next year they may have booked. And so if they, if they, if they do have it booked, uh, and it goes to a bigger uh, presentation next year, we might see a return to form of the normal kind of Meta Connect for next year, which would be great. I'd love to see a more open arms Connect event again. I do think this limited for creators, select people. Uh, is not what you need for a convention, especially when it's called Connect, right? So Meta, if you, you have any chance to do that, yeah. just do it. <laughs> email the center asking if they have any available days in October for my company to book something. <laughs> uh, and that way I know. I think I'm going to pull a, a Zim next year and just go and you know crash all the after parties and hang out because I, I got so much FOMOs. So I mean, you, I don't know if you saw on Twitter. I photoshopped myself in some of your pictures. It was so cute. It was so cute. She, fo cute. she photoshopped herself into the different crowds. Like there's me. Oh, oh, sorry. I have one bone to pick uh, with, with Sandbox VR. Oh, sandbox. Oh. I have to call them out. Uh, Gamertag, Mike VR Oasis, and Nazi and I were meeting uh, to go play, uh, if we could, their Squid Game game oh, that yeah. was going to come out in a couple of days. 
And this is not to throw shade at them at all, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain the story. So we had this opportunity, and in my mind's eye, I'm looking at these creators and I'm going, like, I'm small fish on YouTube and stuff, but these guys are, are, are forces of nature falling in their lap, and it's like, they're willing to do this, like, paid? You know, like, we're paying for the experience as well. And it's like, we could do this two days in advance. You can hold the footage. We don't need it, like, before you release the Squid Game thing. And then you have all these creators. It's at least 10, if not 20Ks worth of free advertisement for you. And they said no to us on the day. And I was like, fair enough, it's early. You have your rules, whatever. But that group then, without me, because I'd flown home at that point, they went back, right, with a booked, paid-for um, session. And they, like conveniently forgot that they had it on or whatever and again they snubbed that group again and i'm like guys that is not Ooh, okay, on did, like did, come on did they talk to just people at did you talk to people just at the place or did you nope. talk to someone like higher nope. up maybe three levels of management yeah oh okay. three levels up so uh Jeez. it was and i so i'm this is a this is a word of warning for people with location-based experiences um because i've generally found that lbes don't know the youtube scene very well and it could really draw business to you because the first time I went to an LBE, it was because Mike had gone off and done one and he was strongly recommending it. So I hunted it down and when we were in a place, we went and did it. Um, and they're really good. They're pricey, but they're worth it because you're there with friends or family or whatever. And I thought that is such a huge miss uh, that they just took. So I'm not saying Sandbox VR bad. What I'm saying is I think this is a lesson for everybody like, try to educate your, your teams, try to take advantage of those opportunities when they fall in your lap, and probably find a way to partner with or advertise with those kinds of people. Um, you know, we've got people in Australia and Japan and North America. Like, yeah, try to reach out, get to know your YouTubers uh, who cover in your area, uh, and try to incentivize them to come and play your games and show it off, because they've got huge audiences who could be your customers. And if there's one thing we really want, and I, I'm saying this on behalf of Jose, because he's an LBE man more than any of us are, um, especially Adam. <laughs> I did say man. But uh, it's it's like that is one way that VR will succeed, is by having that sit down and watch a cinema film like together with your friends type experience in VR. It helps support the industry, brings better content, and that notably... It brings the heavy hitting IPs because people on the street need to see an IP that they recognize like Far Cry or Squid Game to pull them off the street and go go try the VR stuff. So what I heard around the around Connect from Uber drivers and that, they're like, oh, Metaverse? They're like, didn't that fail? <laughs> I heard that from like six or seven different meta, like Uber drivers. Like, oh, the, the Metaverse, that flopped last year, right? And I'm telling them. Probably not. This could be the new advent of spatial computing. And although Apple's going for it, like now Meta's there, they're positioned to possibly be a next Microsoft. Maybe a little bit of a dodgy Microsoft, but hey, we'll uh, we'll keep them close and keep our eye on them. And uh, again, being part of the program, I will try to influence them in the right direction as best as a single person can. Uh, but that's that's Meta Connect 2023. All right. There you go. Next. Okay. So what we'll do, uh, since Jose's not here, I don't, he did send me, he was kind enough to send me some games I may not have a lot of information on all of them, but, but we at least have some nice trailers and I can talk you through when they're coming out and for what and whatnot. So plus we did a huge humongous, I don't know, it was like an hour at least meta connect so we can go Long. really quickly with the releases, but just want to pre-apologize to Rowdy in case I go kind of quick with these. Um, okay. What? So you ready? We've got three yep. up for releases. Uh, Zim sort of touched on this one. This was Samba de Amigo. 
which is coming out October 12th uh, for $29.99 USD and $24.50 British pounds. Yeah, that's the that's the popular, I guess, rhythm game. I hadn't really played this for other. <laughs> I don't get it. No, I do so, not. I, I, I thought you loved this pass, one, right? Rowdy. <laughs> yeah, this I is think your dream so. game. I, I just, I don't get. I don't. I, I don't know what this is about. I don't know what it is. So, so that I can't be. I don't get it. <laughs> that a lot of these rhythm games aren't great it depends on the headset or device that you're using like i had one which was drumming on the switch and you thought with the rumble controllers that they would work really well but the timing's all off oh. and it's like a rhythm game lives and dies by responsiveness so if nothing else this is a good one to look out to reviews for and then maybe pick it up if you find it fun i've heard i've heard mar it's marmite for people like people either like rowdy or like what the feck is this <laughs> shit and then the other the others are like oh this is really good it's a really fun rhythm game so i think adam will like it is my guess maybe i'll have to get it first or again my look for reviews Same. at first are you just saying that because it's a red-haired girl in the trailer <laughs> i just i just no i just I, I i take you as a as a as a rhythm game fair girl, i suppose i do like rhythm likes, games. you know like likes your beat saber synth riders like all that kind of stuff that's fair. just that's why uh all right next up we've got wizards the dark times brotherhoods i do remember playing i think two of these on steam but i don't remember Again, don't know too much about <laughs> the Wizards games. Remember, if this what makes this one different from previous uh, titles, other than this one's coming out October nineteenth. PCVR and Quest twenty uh, twenty four ninety nine US dollars or twenty forty two British pounds. So another installment from the Wizard series. Apologies again for not knowing oh. too much about that one. Um, and then uh, seventh guest. This one I'm actually pretty excited for because I got to try. This is the remake of the old classic. Um, I have a video up on YouTube that kind of goes into one of the puzzle rooms a little better, but I will say the... I don't want to call it holographs, holograms because that sounds so basic, but the way that they filmed the actors in this game looks really, really cool. And so I highly recommend trying this one when it comes out. It's going to be available on all platforms October 19th, and um, <laughs> there was no price listed on this, so it'll be a surprise. But my, if I had to guess, it'd probably be between 25, 30 USD and uh, 20, 24 British pounds. Yep. This is, this is that game where they set where um, all, 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 all your dads are probably playing this back in their day, right? That was this one. <laughs> probably, because it is an older, uh, it's a remake of a a much older, you know, like pixel or OG yeah. like computer game. But I, I don't know. I I think even for a younger generation, even if you don't have no experience, don't, don't know what that game was, this is still really cool. If you like, I wouldn't even call it horror necessarily because it's, like I said, it's more haunted mansion horror. So it's like uh, right. fun, fun, spooky, but not scary, scary. Um, but it just it looks really cool and the puzzles are really creative and clever in this one so I don't I'm, I can't wait for this one nice but um, anyway uh, before we weigh anchor let's remember the strange tides and treasures discovered on this voyage so today we explored Meta's map to the quest 3 booty and future smart glass fortune um, we sailed the waters of new game releases like Assassin's Creed Nexus and Project Wingman although some ports had limited plunder this here ship sets sail again in a fortnight. <laughs> Stop making fun of my sorry, pirate Limited stuff. plunder. That's genius, Adam. Limited plunder. <laughs> that needs to be on like Steam review pages from now on. Thank you. I will remember that for That's my amazing. Steam reviews. If I'm, if it's mixed 
Nah, it's limited plunder. Limited plunder. Uh, this year's ship sets sail again in a fortnight every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. We begin the live stream at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. For audio buccaneers, you can find recordings on Spotify, SoundCloud, and the Eternal iTunes by midweek after we broadcast. And are there going to be, let's see, any final words from chat before we close off? I haven't been keeping up. I apologize. Uh, There were a few little things. Uh, One of the questions that I I answered in chat, which I'll answer here for listeners, uh, was the question about the Quest 3 and whether or not it can record spatial video. Mm. Uh, My answer is I don't know, but I don't think so. So similar to that creepy dad who was using the Apple Vision Pro to spatially record his kids and watch it back later, (laughs) uh, like a memory tank. Um, I don't think it can do that. Uh, The other thing was uh, D1360 says, uh, Zim, what features and content can you not talk about yet? (laughs) Just kidding. I'll wait for embargo uh, to be over. So (laughs) there you go. And um, one final thing, which I thought about just while you were doing releases, I wanted to mention because it was it probably is still my game of the year because it was so surprising. Um, Ghost Signal Um, It has a free demo on PSVR 2. So go into space, play with some baby space dragons, and report back to me next show. I want to hear our PSVR 2 players, because it's a really different kind of game. Think FTL, uh, but it's it's really colorful, and I think in that in that headset, it's going to be amazing. I will check it out as well, but uh, I'm going to be busy for a couple of weeks, so um, I think PSVR 2 is going to just gather dust for a week or two, and then I'll be back to my baby. Yeah. So, there you go. You got a lot going on. Uh, well... Thank you, thank you, me hearties. <laughs> Your ears and spirits have kept this old sea dog going many a voyage. From the briny deep, I wish you fair winds and fall seas until we meet again. It was a pleasure having you aboard today. Now let's weigh anchor and set our sights on the horizon for the next grand adventure. Yes, the pirate talk is over, as is this episode. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>